podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. everyone and welcome to the podcast under the stairs ladies and gentlemen it's that time can you smell it in the air can you taste it on your tongue it's basilween 2021 back for another year of fun and sexual harassment claims that's right there's gonna be tons of them in there our uh, our lawyers who we use will be diligently in the background making sure that we get off with anything flung our ways, with all the legal loopholes out there. I am so excited to be bringing this back. It did look like for a while um, we had our shit totally in order and this was going to be recording in July, but here we are, mid-August. <laughs> Finally getting episode one down. Still ahead of schedule, I hear you cry. Now, the guy that is joining me has, uh, for the most part, curated a list of movies over the next five episodes, which are not going to entertain are not going to enthrall, they're going to make you wet, moist in the pantalone area. It is, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the Baz. Hola, sexy Bazoween bitches. That's right in my ear. Bazoween 2021! It's right in my ear. It's like, yes! <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> Are you excited, Baz? Where are all the not necessarily single ladies? <laughs> hey, that's what I'm asking. Woo! If Beyonce, Ear pistols. If Beyonce had sung that, I don't know if it would have fit within the, you know, the, the amount of syllables in the bar of that song, but I would have listened to it. It would have gone to the niche audience, it has to be said. Yeah, yeah. To, to, you know to I mean? be fair, to be fair, you're right. Baz, this is his back doing... Oh, oh he's back. He's the man behind the mask. <laughs> It's a Alice Cooper quote there. For Friday the 13th, which was yesterday. Did you, I know. Did you partake in any of the, the, the Jason movies yesterday? No, do you know, I wanted to. I really did. Uh, in the past couple of times, I have watched part one and part two with mm-hmm. my kid. Um, she was working last night, so I couldn't have done it with her. I was going to watch one anyway, but my wife's best pal was overstaying the night and I had watched football and then the two of them were boozing away in the kitchen and I got caught up with them and I didn't get a chance to um, to do that. Although he did, Paul, Paul did ask me, he's like, 
he was asking about the podcast. Like, uh-huh. you know that I've been doing it for like eight plus years, Paul, but you know, thanks for taking an interest. <laughs> and I, I was like that. I, I was kind of about to tell him about Jaws is shite. Yep. And then it was last, like, so obviously there was one that I can always did with that was horror movies. Oh, what's your favourite horror film? Oh. Fuck off. Just fuck. Yeah. Fuck off. Welcome, welcome to my world, Baz. Welcome oh, to my world. Scary. Name a scary movie. That's my other favourite one. Name it. I want to really watch a scary movie. Go and give me a suggestion. And then you got that. Well, do you like foreign horror? No, I don't like foreign horror. Well, do you like ghost stories? No, I don't like ghost stories. They believe in ghost stories. Um, You're just like, well, let me just... Here's a list of things. Just write down what you don't like, and then I'll come back with a movie. (laughs) That's it. So, yeah, well, to be honest, it sounds like what you're saying there is you were going to watch Friday the 13th Part 3, and then you remembered Shelley's in that. And everyone hates Shelley, so you skipped it. And yeah, and, and obviously uh, it, it's hard to take all those 3D magical effects that it throws out at you. <laughs> all those laundry-based 3D scenes, which are just fucking killer. I'm trying to remember, because it's been a while since I, I saw 3. That's the one with the yo-yo as well, where we have a yo-yo gag that goes on... I think so. For yeah. quite some time, and you're like, right, I get the point. This is a 3D movie. Stop playing with the fucking yo-yo. I'm sure, I'm sure that happens. I'm sure, it happens. It's like you look at those part of those fucking Marvel movies that were essentially one big explosion, mm-hmm. you know, for 3D, and then you're like that. But that that's, that's better than this. Do you know? What I mean, it's like, like <laughs> if we end it moves backwards and forwards a lot, right? Let's work that into a scene. That's oh, what the horror yeah. audience really want. <laughs> is to be almost hit in the face with a well it's funny we mentioned 3D because we are going to be discussing a movie as part of this series that was originally released in 3D so um, I'm looking forward to getting it to you're giving me the face yeah I don't know what film you're talking about but we can uh, come to that later on if you want <laughs> Final Destination 4 was a 3D movie oh was part of the new wave of 3D films oh yes and it is it's a movie that revels in its 3D nature which does not work in a 2D environment so you're going to love that (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) no no one will ever see how sarcastic that face was apart from me and I love it so we have like I say we've kind of curated a list of 10 movies that's right back to doing double hitters that's it we're never going to make it in time never going to make it in time this this will be like on on the last episode we will be recording it the day before Uh, I'm going to end up having to take like two weeks annual leave (laughs) at the start of fucking October do you know what I mean no we're not going away anywhere on holiday this year (laughs) have you been spending your leave watching the same movies watching movies over and over again writing notes notes on my phone (laughs) It's goddamn autocorrect. Um, yeah, so we're, we're doing, uh, like I said, like I said up there, we're doing a franchise this year. Um, yes. You picked a franchise, you picked Final I Destination. Did. Any particular reason why Final Destination? Um, I fancied the five-disc box set Blu-ray on Amazon. My man. That was a big one. <laughs> um, no, I... I had seen the original Final Destination way, way back in the day. Yep. Um, I think that was back in my first flat days, and I had uh, there was a video club around the corner. It was either Blockbuster or Azad or one of these ones. Yep. And um, I went through a little phase of watching quite a lot of films at that point. Not a lot of horror, but Final Destination was one that I did pick up. And I remember really enjoying Final Destination mm-hmm. at that time and watching it, and I have never seen any of the others. 
Um, and I just thought, you know, actually, it's five films up to this point. Just perfect for a five-episode show. Meant to be. Um, and then, I don't know, drunk one night or something like, yeah, we should, we should do another film each episode. <laughs> yeah, I still don't know where that came from, because when oh, you said you were yeah. you were flucking with Final Destination, I was like, that's cool. It's nice, easily contained, like yourselves, like five movies. I own the five movies, so I don't have to do anything. I'm well-versed in the five movies. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. It's going to be easy. I'm not going to need to worry about it. And then you came back to me and you were like, would I be at a line and saying, let's have a second movie? And I was like, mm, what you got mind? And you were like, you picked Duncan, which, I mean, that's not, you should know by now, you don't go down that road because what I'm yeah. with that. How do you feel about uh, the, the new wave of Iranian silent black and white horror movies, Baz? You're like, <laughs> not a fan, Duncan. And I'm like, all oh, right, well, I'll just bin this list of 100 movies. Um, so not like we, we had a list that went backwards and forwards. We basically collaborated on that list. Yeah. Um, so we have a feature which is going to be going as the first movie on each of these episodes that comes from that list. A very diverse and very fun list. It contains classics of the genre. You will be hearing Baz talk about Let the Right One In, which makes me incredibly happy. So we've got some like proper stone-cold killing classics, but then we also have some movies that I think are... like in, They will be interesting reviews from your opinion, mostly because the, the setups and conversations can can lean towards seediness, like we'll be doing tonight with Sleep Tight. Um, yep. So yeah, that's what we're doing. Tonight's first episode will feature an, a review of Sleep Tight from 2011 and Final Destination from 2000. Baz, I don't think any of these movies on the list have the potential to do the old school kind of uh, Baz v horror thing of scaring you. I think we're past that stage. Any of the movies though that you are nervous to get to for any particular reason? Um, to be honest, with out with Final Destination one. So with the other five, let the right one in. A girl walks home alone at night and under the skin. Yeah. And the reason being, I know that they are held in very high veneration. Mm -hmm. The first two, Let the Right One In, The Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, I have built up in my own head to be something. Yeah. And I'm a bit worried that they disappoint (laughs) me in some kind of way. And then also under the skin, I know it is not universally loved, but very widely loved. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is a film that I attempted once and chucked it after 10 minutes. <laughs> and I'm really worried that that hasn't changed. <laughs> so um, that's the kind of concerns I have. That could be a short review. Duncan, yeah. I watched the first 10 minutes and chucked it. Yeah. Yep. Nobody tried to finger her in that car, so it's just <laughs> nonsense. So fuck it. Not even my obligation to the segment on this show could make me finish this movie. <laughs> so that's them down. Um, so I'm I'm interested. Like the, the, this particular kickoff to me. Like I watched both these movies, and I'll, you know I watched both these movies today. So ah. um, nice fresh watch for me. A couple of years since I watched Sleep Tight and Final Destination. We did a Russian roulette on them a couple of years ago as well. 
So I didn't have to revisit them. Movies I'm familiar yeah. with. But I thought I'd watch them again. And I am genuinely curious what you make of our opening movie, Sleep Tight, because it's from one half of the duo behind the movie that kicked off Baz V Horror. Uh, one of the guys yes. behind Wreck, which was your very yep. first review. And this is some kind of taking time out. So this is the movie he... Memory serves. This is the movie he did to get away from doing a better fact check. This this is the one he did while the other dude was doing Wreck 2 or 3, I think. Uh, so so he did Wreck and he did Wreck 2. So this was, while the other dude was doing Wreck 3, he went off and did Sleep Tight. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it's, this one's not exactly horror. It's more a kind of Hitchcockian thriller. And I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where it lands. And with that being said, we're just going to get into it. So we're going to take a short break for the listeners out there. Now, with all these Bazoween episodes, Baz is going to curate a list of music to accompany. Uh, so you're going to get a Bazzy's pick. Um, if he does the job that he does every other year, it's somehow going to link into this movie. I'll, I'll love to see where this lands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not aware of any any songs that well there might be actually. I don't know. You never know. You never know. But we're gonna be we're gonna be taking a break. Baz one of Baz's songs is gonna play. We're gonna hear the trailer for the movie when we return. Myself and the Baz discussing 2011's Sleep Tight on Bazoween 2021, episode number one. Coming right up, ladies and gents, right after this. This is Michael Kane, award-winning film actor you may know from such cinematic achievements as A Muppet's Christmas Carol and Jaws for the Revenge, where I played a character named after a fucking sandwich. I approve of the following promotional message. Do you like movies? Well, of course you do, you silly twit. You're listening to a movie podcast right now. Do you like podcasts about movies? I mean, if you're listening to this, your life is empty and without direction. So of course you do. Why not continue the spiral downwards with... They must be destroyed on sight! Yet another semi-regular podcast about film that will occupy some of that empty space in your soul. We cover every genre, but focus on a lot of obscure and cult films with a leaning towards exploitation. If you want to podcast that's going to talk about a silent film from the 1920s one week and a sleazy biker film from the 1960s the next and then back to something like Singing in the Rain the next episode They must be destroyed on sight! Maybe for you. So tune in and join regular hosts Lee Russell Daniel Harper, Paul Romali and Lee Hardy as well as the odd guest host at tmbdos.podbean.com Thank you drive through
Buenos días, señorita Clara. Parece cansada. Ay, joder, César. Tú sí que has tratado a una mujer, ¿eh? Siempre con esa sonrisita. <risa> todo bien, todo genial. Hoy me he encontrado a Clara en el ascensor. ¿Qué le has dicho? ¿Te preocupa? ¿No será que ya no sabe nada? Tú sabes que nunca había llegado tan lejos con nadie. Por primera vez en mi vida tenía una razón para vivir. Tengo referencias tuyas. Parece que no duras mucho en los trabajos, ¿no? El trado es el de los mensajes. Sigue molestándola. ¿Y tú cómo sabes eso? Tengo entendido que usted tiene la llave de todos los apartamentos. Sí, como conserje tenía acceso al llavero. ¿Qué pasa algo? Las cosas se están complicando. Creo que ha llegado el momento de empezar en serio. Allá vamos, Clara. ¿Qué le has hecho? Pero que lo ha dicho el médico, joder. Bueno, ¿cómo le crees? ¿Sabes por qué te lo cuento? Que quiero que sepas de lo que soy capaz. And welcome back, ladies and gents. You've just heard the trailer for our first movie review of Bazawin 2021, episode number one. We're looking at Sleep Tight. And now, in other years, I would have foolishly said the Spanish name for the movie is Nen Me Da Tit Myself. This year, not doing it, Baz. Nope. Yep. Rise above. I am better than that. <laughs> However, there is a mostly Spanish cast here. So, and there's... Here we go. <laughs> strap yourselves in. Uh, this is based on the screenplay by Alberto Marini uh, and directed by Juami Balguero. <laughs> That's not right, but... I should know I spoke to him as well. Whammy. Yeah, <laughs> Whammy. Um, I spoke to uh, Whammy right back at the beginning of the year which was super exciting, was last year, beginning of last year. Whenever I did that wreck conversation when I interviewed both the directors and I was like, oh, yeah. you're not, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, <laughs> for pretty much the whole review, shat my pants all the way through it. Um, the the movie stars Luis Tosa, and Marta Etura, Alberto San Juan, Petra Martinez, <laughs> Iris Almedia, or Almedia, I don't know, Probably. No, Almeida. Um, that sounds better. Uh, Carlos Lasarte um, and other folks. Let's get away from this really fucking fast. <laughs> I'm drowning here, Baz. Throw me a life vest. Um, the synopsis for this one is you wake day after day to the comfort and security of your home. But how safe is it really? <laughs> Which feels like uh, a great opportunity for us to plug Simply Safe, our new sponsor to this episode. Simply Safe is a security system that you control from your mobile phone. Type in Bazoween into the checkout and get 50. No, that's all bullshit. We are, we are not sponsored by Simply Safe, but it'd be great if we were. Um, Baz, I. This is one that you were like, yes, this. 
this one right here. Yeah. And I get the feeling it's because one, you know, I hold it in really high regard. Two, it's one of the directors from Wreck. But was there a particular third reason as to why Sleep Tight was like, well, it has to go on the list with all the other movies this year? I think um, after some of the kind of things that we have done, particularly I think Bazoween, I want to say 2019, mm-hmm. which was the year we did the kind of older movies and that, and, I, and I've done quite a lot of that. And you initially sent me a list of, I think, 10 movies. Sounds about right. You only need and, five, um, so I sent you 10. <laughs> in the particular order that they were on, I was kind of going through them and there was kind of, I think there was a De Palma film and there was a couple of older ones. There was uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers and stuff like that. Yep. And this was the first one, I think, that I had no kind of knowledge of. Yeah. Um, was clearly a more modern film. And then I thought, well, it's Spanish. I think every Spanish movie that we've covered together You've enjoyed. I have enjoyed. Yeah, I can't yeah. think of one that I didn't. Um, I then found out it was the guy from, that had done Wreck, um, mm. which obviously I hold up on a pedestal in terms of horror movies. Um, yeah, and, and just the premise as well, just really kind of jumped out and grabbed me. It seemed to be quite different from stuff we've done in recent years. Yep. Um, so yeah, yeah, just it, it was the the first one out of the list of ten, and I think it was probably about sixth or seventh in the list, and I just immediately went right well that one, and even before I had come up with the idea of some for myself, mm-hmm. and then when I did that, I thought right well that one's not dropping off the list, that one's a definite. Yeah. So I think this was probably the first one to go onto the the list of five that I eventually submitted to you. Yeah. Um, it was the first to go on and it never shifted at all there was never any question of it not making it through the thing that I love about this movie um, particularly is that thrillers are very good thrillers are very difficult to do right? really difficult to do and this guy essentially cut his teeth making two movies that are found footage are single set locations so single building locations Uh for the most part um, and are fat, you know, kind of fast paced, high octane, just really like kind of seat of your pants, like nerve rattling stuff. Yeah. So to do a kind of slow paced Hitchcockian thriller, it uh, couldn't be any further to the opposite side of the spectrum of storytelling. So I'd like to me when I had originally heard of the movie, um, I would have saw this not long after it was released, without knowing in context that this was the director that did Wreck. I remember, like, it's another Spanish horror movie. It's, you know, it's about a creepy guy that works in a hotel. And that's all I knew. And I was like, give me it. And I sat down and I watched it and it finished. And I was like, holy fucking shit. That was amazing. And so jumped on. I was like, of course it's the dude behind Wreck because it's all in an apartment building. Of course. You know, like, like, it all makes sense now. But, like, over time coming back to it, like, personally, and we're going to get into your opinion in a second, personally, there are so many things in this movie that could make it kind of fall apart. Um, and to me, it never has. Like, even repeat watches, like, I still get to the bit where I'm like, actually, that's quite clever. Or, like, they really have thought of 
like every loophole here that someone might be critiquing, looking at it, going, actually, that's a lot of shite. Um, mm. I think I think he he's the script, particularly the screenplay, is really well done that way. But what we've found out in the past, Baz, is where I sit down and go, well, this movie's a masterclass. You'll very quickly find something. You find a thread. You pull up that thread, and before I know it, <clears throat> the sweater is gone, and we're yeah. I'm sitting there with my tits out. So Just standing there with your man tits swinging <laughs> in the wind, <laughs> like big hairy pendulums. <laughs> I love everything that's happening right now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I'm curious because, like you see, I do, I, I do kind of hold this one on a bit of a pedestal in that. There aren't many thrillers that do as much as what this movie does, um, with the budget it does, and as well as it does it. So, Baz, with that set up, and you knowing fine well that you may dash my dreams upon a rock, um, let the listeners out there know what you made of 2011's Sleep Tight. Certainly shall, Dunk. Um... As we've said, didn't really know anything about this film at all before uh, stepping up for it. I hadn't even heard of it, to be quite truthful. Um, I watched the UK Blu-ray edition of it. Nothing fancy about it, just the Blu-ray edition. Very nice cut, I've got to say. Beautifully filmed, beautifully shot, really comes across. Um, And yeah, having now watched the film twice, Mm-hmm. I've got to agree, it's far more of a thriller. Yeah. Um, a very dark and twisted one, mm-hmm. but than it is a horror. Um, and it, it was interesting what you were saying about Wreck, because it, it has a very similar feel. Mm-hmm. And that will be, as you say, because it's set in an apartment block. And I, I get the feeling that this is a kind of... stereotypical kind of living situation for Spanish cities. I think so, yeah. Um, I got, I got know, that opinion as well, yeah. Large-scale kind of apartment buildings and everybody sort of renting uh, flats within it kind of thing. So it's very similar. It, it, it looks similar to Wreck despite the fact it's not mm-hmm. a found footage movie. Mm-hmm. But to me, the big difference, and I think what probably shows the director's genuine talent is that Wreck, it was a fast story paced movie. Yeah. Um, it's a, you know, it, it's a fire crew going on a call into a building. There's a TV crew rushing in with them. You know, something's not right. They're bursting into rooms. There's people possessed or something's wrong. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, it, it seat of your pants type stuff. Whereas this film is entirely character driven. Yes. And the development of, and I'm not just talking about the lead guy and the main female character. There's so many other characters. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a limited cast in it, but it's not just two people yeah. by any means. And the development of some of those other characters, I thought was was excellent. Yeah. Um, and we'll see that as we go in, and I'll talk more about it at the end. But yeah, a very different movie mm-hmm. from the director's previous works. Uh, but this, to me, shows that it's clearly not just a one-trick pony. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to spoil what I thought of the movie <laughs> till the end here. Let's get into it. Let's dissect this bitch. <laughs> it, um... Can we have a new segment that involves an animated gif of you doing that little dance that you did when you said, let's yeah, dissect this Yeah, man. Bitch. 
Topless. <laughs> Maybe with nipple tassels. Get those pendulums swing. <laughs> this movie opens with a Spanish cunt on a roof. <laughs> Just greeting and fucking moaning about never being happy. Like the rest of his race. I mean, it's so stereotypical, it's borderline racist, Duncan. <laughs> and if this film had not been made by a Spanish man, I would have been outraged. You would have been calling up for what it was. Honestly, just, oh, I'm never happy. Fuck up. <laughs> anyway. Cuts away from that. Goes to a bedside alarm going off. It's 5am of a Monday morning. Mm. I was going to try and say all these days in Spanish. I'm not going to do that. Um... <laughs> The guy from the roof then gets out of bed. There's a very attractive young lady lying next to him. He grabs his bags and shoes and stuff like that, takes the elevator down and into then what appears to be some kind of caretaker's apartment kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So at this point, on my initial watching at this point, I wasn't clear if he was in the same building. Yeah. On second watching, he is. And at this point, I'm thinking, right, guy lives in the building, clearly works in the building as well. And I, I just thought, the bit downstairs, there's a shower in it and stuff like that. I thought it's, it's just like a locker room type thing. <laughs> not think so this, that was... <laughs> not think this guy's punching above his weight. Yes, yes, entirely <laughs> so. Entirely so. But the Spanish are an odd race, don't they? They're an odd race. Um... You know, many Spanish people that I personally would term repulsive are um, judged to be attractive by their own kind. Um, <laughs> let's shuffle on before we get into any more trouble here. Um, he then puts on what I have described here as a techie teacher's dust coat. Yeah, yep. Um, I had a uh, techie, for anybody under my age basically, was technical studies at school, woodwork and metalwork. Yeah. And all our teachers wore these kind of either dull grey or camel coloured dust coat things. Yeah. Um I'll, the the one that immediately jumps to mind is Mr. Grugens, who was a very old techie teacher when I started school. Mm -hmm. Um he drank what was allegedly tea from a little plastic mug. <laughs> Um, Allegedly, tea. yeah, I'm fairly sure it was whiskey. <laughs> Almost definitely whiskey. Isn't that the dream, though? It is. It is. He was a, a horrible old man. Horrible. <laughs> um, I remember uh, my, one of my <laughs> fondest uh, recollections from when we started doing technical drawing, and this was in first year, so I'd have been about twelve. Yeah, and there was a wee guy in the class. Uh, who was always a short kid. You know, he was always a good six, seven inches shorter than all the other kids. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we're standing round the technical drawing board and Mr. Brigham sat there with his dust coat on and his mug of whiskey and he's showing us how to draw like a cube or something on the technical drawing board. And he looks around and the wee, the wee guy standing with his hands in his pockets fucking chewing gum or something like that, you know, being a widow. <laughs> and uh, Grugan's just picked up a metal ruler smacked him in the penis with it. <laughs> right, right in the fucking boby. And said, Mr. Fisher, now that you're in my class, you're going to act like a man instead of a wee poof 
all your life. Actual term used to 12 year olds. <laughs> what I mean. Anyway, anyway. I don't know if the dust coated any bearing in that or if he was just a drunken old homophobe. <laughs> um, I now have this, this idea of like, like, a, like a steel roller holster. That's what it calls the dick yep. slapper. Use the dick yep. slapper here. Point on is, but you know, it wasn't even the flat of it. Oh, Use oh, the edge. Oh. Right in the bobby. <laughs> Boy, he was a wee dick anyway, in fairness, he deserved it. Right, so he goes down, he puts on the, the techie teacher's dust coat, goes to work. So it turns out he's like the kind of superintendent of the building, the kind of concierge slash handyman type general dog's body. Yep. He has a little desk station thing down in the foyer. Mm-hmm. 7.45 a.m. The woman wakes up. We see her getting out of her bed and there's a photo next to her of the bed, next to her on the bed, uh, of her and a guy. But it is not the balding techie teacher that we saw earlier on. No. Um, she then, we see her going through her morning ablutions, which uh, is a real word. Oh. Um, <laughs> downstairs... Another guy is taking his kids out to school, so he comes down the lift. One of them is this. <laughs> She's brilliant. She's this. I've written here a pigtailed fascist girl <laughs> of about eight. Right. And, I mean, she absolutely is. She'd have been right there with Franco. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If, she, if this wee lassie had been born about 40 years earlier, I know what side she'd have been fighting on in the Spanish like, Civil War. She's very likely to be, like, to throw it back to Pan's Labyrinth. She'd be the one beating the guy to get it with the bottle. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> or fucking teaching Luftwaffe pilots how to fucking bomb her, communist positions. Her, her parting... Her parting actions from this conversation coming up with the yoghurt drink... Yeah. ...is just... Fucking brutal! Like Honestly. you, you're you're paid to look after this building, and wear this duster, and say yes sir, no sir, thank you sir, and all the rest. And then this little shit. I know. <laughs> behind behind her dad's back, basically, she goes up to the desk, extorts money out the guy, sixty euros. Yeah, and then she's got like one of those little yogurt microbiotic drink things, mm. and she just takes a swig of it, and her dad. Dad shouts at the hurry up and she just spits it out. Oh, and it's not even a, a spat in his face, she just like yeah, right. and squats it all over the counter and just walks off. It's like the most emasculating scene committed to celluloid by an eight-year-old. Fucking ever. If there was an Oscar for that, if there was an Oscar for prepubescent emasculations. This week I would have won it. <laughs> Honestly. She'd just been up there accepting an award, giving everybody the finger like that, you know, holding her wee golden mask up in one fucking hand and the middle finger in the other. <laughs> oh, 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 fuck Jesus. you and fuck the Academy. <laughs> yeah. So it is a... It's a very good scene, it's got to be said. And the wee girl, while she is loathsome... Mm. Is, is really, she's one of the highlights of this film for me. She's really fucking good. Um, she's brilliant in it. She's an absolute cow, but she, she's really good in it. And hats off to the wee girl, all joking aside, the wee girl 
the actress is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. she, she nails this fucking hard. Um, back upstairs, the hot chick from earlier is getting dressed, um, and I've just written here phenomenally pert tits. She's she's a she's a looker. It's not very woke of me, but they are magnificent. Yeah, but I, what, this whole setup here is genius because we see her going through her morning routine of brushing her teeth, which the camera stays on. Mm -hmm. Look at her brush her teeth with this toothbrush. Look at her apply this uh, moisturizer the, all uh, over her cellulite. And, yep. and at this, it's just her getting ready. So on your first viewing, yeah, contextually speaking, this is just a woman getting ready. And um, very quickly, we'll see why we spend so much time watching her go through that routine. Yeah, yeah. Um, she then heads out downstairs as she's leaving. She talks to the techie teacher for a wee bit. <laughs> Uh, we find out he is called Fivar. Fivar. We'll just call him Caesar. <laughs> uh, and, and she's Clara. Clara, that's right. I may call her Clara. I may just refer to her bosom. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how the Ushkaba takes me, donkey boy. What, you on tonight? Let listeners know. Oh, man, alive. <laughs> I'm on a very fine... Enormous bottle it's of a fucking uh, huge by <laughs> Jura single malt whiskey, but it's the the rum cask finish mm. cask edition. So it's a it's the twelve year old malt, but it's been finished off in rum casks. Now I can't remember if I spoke about it on a show, but my friend Shed Stew brought me up. <laughs> it's a Jaws's shite reference. <laughs> it is yes. <laughs> You made it to the big leagues now, Stu. You're on the podcast under the stairs, big man. <laughs> um, he brought me up a, a bottle of Balvenie rum cask. Oh, a good while ago. And it's, I think, probably up there with one of my favourite whiskey tasting experiences. It was a phenomenal mm -hmm. bottle of whiskey, the Balvenie rum cask. I then saw that Jura were doing this. Um, rushed out with gay abandon. <laughs> and bought a litre bottle of it. <laughs> like, um, Baz has the distillery in his hands right now. That's how fucking big the bottle is. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, t not that We're not trying to get a sponsorship off of Tesco and other fucking supermarkets are available, but it's normally a £40 bottle and they were doing it if you have your little club card thing, which yep. Tesco have in this country, you got it for 30 That's a goddamn bargain. That's a bargain and a half. It's a very fine whiskey. It is not quite as nice as the Balvenie, it has to be said, but that was just a fucking different All level. the work I've been doing for the last two years to get Jura sponsoring this podcast, you've just ruined it by saying it's yeah. not as good as the other one. Yeah, well, they should have been sponsoring us before. <laughs> that ship sailed. Um, we'll talk about this film again for a bit if you want. Um, oh, right, this is one of my favourite characters as well. We're introduced to Crazy Dog Lady. <laughs> Or as I like to call her, Duncanetta. Because <laughs> she's you when you're older and a woman and Spanish. So yeah, basically because you've got dunks. So it's so, the so, yeah. So, so the looking at Bazzi's crystal ball. When I'm an old person, I'm going to be living in an apartment complex myself. Family's abandoned me, obviously, because of the yeah, blurry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Blu-ray collection, uh, just with my dogs, which I managed yeah. to somehow win over my <laughs> for my children. Well, it's probably only really going to be Harry, because obviously he's a wee dick, and <laughs> nobody else wanted him, and he was given to use a punishment. <laughs> the limelight stealing little shit that he is. Got a pin before you, Baz, got a pin before you. He did, he did. 
little prick. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so we meet Duncanetta. She's another one of the, the people that, and that's what she's going to be called all through this, Duncan. Oh, fuck so You may off. as well accept it and move on. <laughs> she lives in the apartment building as well, and she has a couple of fiffy little dogs with her. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the lovely Clara tells Thivar that her sink is blocked. Tragically, this is not a euphemism. <laughs> it's an actual plumbing problem. Because <laughs> uh, I could have done with seeing that getting unblocked, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> oh, Clara, Clara. <laughs> um... <laughs> Sorry, I'm fucking trying to read this out an email. It's dicking me about Right, um... <laughs> Later on, we see him striding through town in a pair of aviators like a low-level mafia hitman. <laughs> but he's got a wee carrier bag with fucking pyjamas in it or something, mm-hmm. which does take away for the effect. Uh, he's going to see his mum in hospital, or who we assume to be his mother. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think it's actually revealed that she's not in this film, but... There, there is a I, twist I, towards the I, end. As about, the film yeah. goes on... Uh, and we get to know a bit more about Cesar's fucking personality. It wouldn't be on the realm's possibility if this woman was a complete <laughs> fucking stranger to him. Um, he rabbits some shit about his job to her for a while. Yeah. And we then find that she is unable to respond, whether she's had a stroke or something like that. She is awake and is able to comprehend what he's saying, but she cannot respond to him. That's That's like one of my worst fears. Has been in a position where physically I can hear people tell me things I don't want to hear, but be yeah. unable to tell them to fuck off. It's uh, it's metallic as one all over again, Duncan. It's <laughs> exactly what it is. Um, back at the apartments, the man from Del Monte gives Cesar quite a hard time about being late oh, for work. It's a prick. He is a prick. He is a prick. Uh, but I mean, by God, can he tin peaches? <laughs> He's uh... <laughs> Duncanetta asks him to watch her rancid wee dogs while she goes out. Fucking prick. <laughs> uh, and, and one of, in fairness, I did feel sorry for one of them when I found out it's got a very similar bowel condition to mine. Yes. By, by all accounts. <laughs> um, and that if it eats anything, it basically shits itself half to death. But she makes sure she tells him that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I do think he's maybe kind of aware of this already. He has quite an intimate knowledge. And we then find out that he basically keeps a journal of everybody's comings and goings. Mm. Which is suspicious, to say the least. I would say diligent, Baz. He's taken that upon himself to make sure that he catalogues exactly the twos and fro's. Just in case he's ever asked a question about it, he can go... Like, at the end of this movie, where police get involved, he can go back to his diary and say, well, actually, odd person did come in at two o'clock. See? Diligent. That's one way of looking at this, Duncan. <laughs> Crazy stalker son of a bitch. Um, a little bit later, the cleaner arrives with her Guido-looking son. Carpets. I just keep up my nose. Oh, <laughs> really did. This is why we didn't used to record the cameras on. <laughs> um, Oh, and, and the son he covets Cesar's cushy job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he basically sees him as just sitting at the desk all day, kind of thing. 
Um, Cesar goes up to feed Duncanetta's dogs. <laughs> he, give, he gives them some rancid Spanish creation called potato pie. I mean, only the fucking Spanish would have come up with that. I bet it tastes. Um, well, no, he first feeds them proper food, but then takes a slice of potato pie, knowing fine well that... It's going to make him shit his brains Because he specifically gives it to the dog that's got the, the, the iffy stomach. You know what I mean? This is this is like me sitting you down, Baz, and saying, well, you can have this lovely, delicious feta cheese salad that I've made. Look at it. It's like I've got, created a nice little kind of a honey mustard drizzle to go over the top of it. It's going to be delicious. Or you can have this stomach-ruining chilli. No yeah. fine well that you'll go for the stomach-ruining chilli because it just looks better and tastes better. Just follow the flavours, don't. Yeah, and also... Not like at that time thinking of the consequences that two hours later you're going to be on the pan. Yeah, oh no. I had four hot wings earlier on. I am going to shit my brains out tomorrow. It's not going to be good at all. Um, Cesar also appears to have some kind of roll on deodorant fetish, which is fucking odd. Well, you find out why that is for later on. I mean, uh, who the fuck uses roll on deodorant stuff? The woman does. You did get that. He covers himself in hard deodorant so he can't, like, so basically he can't be smelled. So he smells like her. I didn't get that. It's the same brand of deodorant that she uses. Ah, oh, so oh, fucking well spotted, sir. Yeah. Now that one bypassed the buzz. So, uh, because he does I, literally roll it. That's the, because I remember the first time I was watching this going, have I been using roll on deodorant wrong? <laughs> instead, instead of looking at it like he's using it wrong, my first inclination was, am I using it wrong? <laughs> I was like, am I supposed to put it on my forehead? I think I'm supposed to do that. Um, <laughs> Clara comes home from work. She opens a letter in the yellow envelope, rips it up. She's a bit pissed off with it all. Mm. She then dances around the house to buck cherry. Yep. Crazy Eating bitch. Nutella from the jar. My kind of woman. I don't think it's actually Crazy Bitch. I think it's the first song on the album that Crazy Bitch is on. You're right. It's a Want to Get Next to You, which makes it even yes. creepier when you find out what's about to happen. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so she's dancing about seductively eating Nutella out of a jar. Um, and then she kind of collapses onto the bed. The camera pans down and we see Cesar lying under the bed just like a fucking boss creep. <laughs> just like... He's not even nervous about what he's doing. He is in full control of the creepery at I this mean, point. At this point, he's covered in so much antiperspirant roll-on he couldn't sweat if he wanted to. Possibly so. not. Possibly not. Um... I've got to admit that bit was really it's quite jarring because up to this film up to this point in the film he appears to be a bit of a fucking oddball yeah do you know what I mean and you're kind of imagining that he's up to a bit of no goodery mm-hmm. but um, it, it's the it's the complete calmness of him he's just lying under the bed just watching her one, it's not his first time. Two, he's definitely, definitely, definitely done this before. And three, yeah. wait one second, didn't I see him in the bed with her at the start of this movie? Why is he under the bed? Oh, dear. Yeah. So at this point, it's quite clear he is not consensually boning this chick. <laughs> um, 
The rape flat is a little flatter. <laughs> not doing it. Not doing it. Not doing it. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> Later on, he's, uh, he's still under the bed and he's f- fumbling about in a little compartment that he's cut in the underside of the mattress. I mean, it, it's fucking... The guy is my hero. He, <laughs> he, he is an absolute fucking... It's not really. This is all wrong. It's very wrong what he's doing. <laughs> He's got like a wee mirror and he uses that to make sure um, that she's asleep. And then he basically gets, then there's a wee thing of chloroform Mm -hmm. and he gets up and he chloroforms the poor bitch like while she's sleeping. So it puts her out kind of thing. I've read here, I am not totally convinced that this would work. I don't know how chlor. I I don't know how it works, but I'm also sure that like if you put like an odd smell or a any sort of smell under yeah. someone's nose while they're sleeping, they'll wake up. Yeah, I, I will admit, I'm maybe looking at it from a parent's point of view, where, you know, your fucking progeny are banging at the door at fucking two in the morning, you're straight up and awake kind of thing, yeah. so I do forget other people actually do sleep through the night. <laughs> There's people um, have kids that have, like, kidless, yeah. like, bliss lives where they can sleep in late and... <laughs> Eat Nutella from a jar while listening to yep. Buck Cherry in their pants. That's right. That's the dream. <laughs> um, he, he has a quick wee smatch at her fanny and then he goes about whatever <laughs> nefarious business he's up to. She's still wearing underwear. Yeah, he, he popped a look under that. I'm sorry, he did. He absolutely did. Why, why would you chloroform her and then not have a wee peek? <laughs> Hypothetically again, speaking, in the confines of this character's mind. Not condoning this at all. Not condoning it at all. Our lawyers right now are working so fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he, my father-in-law's retired as well, so I, he's not even my lawyer anymore. I'm less having to pay for this now. So I'm trying to tone this down. Tone it down. Um... He then we see me sort of injecting something into her various skin products that she has. Um, he's then still creeping about. He finds a load of bug sprays. He then makes a kind of note that she's obviously phobic of bugs, which yep. comes into it later on. Tuesday, uh, we see him go through the same morning routine of getting up out of bed. He nicks her watch for shits and giggles at this point. Um, as he's leaving the apartment, though, <laughs> the wee Hitler youth lassie catches him. The Gestapo catches him. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was probably on the way to report her family to the fucking police. <laughs> have them carted off, do you know he, what I mean? He does close the door, turn around and be asked to present his papers. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> and it, it's clear that this isn't the first time that she's caught them, so we then know, right, this... Is how she's extorting him. That's what the sixty euros were for, but yeah, she she's obviously aware that he's been getting in, and that it's not a consensual type thing. Um, she also then makes it quite clear that she's going to continue uh, extorting money out of him or, or extorting from him, but this time she wants a fucking porno, which I will say I felt quite uncomfortable with. Yep, and I mean. I'm into most shit, do you know what I mean? But for some reason, she's like, I want a porno. But I think, oh, to, to, to be honest, like, once again, my multiple views on this read it more as not that she wants to watch the porno, just to see if you'll do it. 
Very possibly. Yeah, because it's like it's like this is I could ask for money again, but he's already done that. Let's see how far I can actually push this with contraband content. Yeah. Um, and she asked for a porno, <laughs> to which he's taken back. You're taken back. I'm still yeah. taken aback by it. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, Caesar has to um, has to agree. Yes. Yeah. Um. Later that morning, Duncan Etta tells him a wee devil dog's got the shits. <laughs> Hitler Youth gives him the finger on the way out, she much does. like she would have done at her Oscar acceptance. It's so good. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's like pure spinning round like double fingers. <laughs> Fuck you. Straight out the door again. He's just sitting there all fucking humiliated. God damn it, Cesar. Um... <laughs> Uh, we, we find out that Clara's getting abusive texts as well as the letters. Yeah. Um, and she mentions to Cesar that she's struggling to get up in the morning, basically because she's drunk to shit during the night and doesn't realise. <laughs> um, later on, he then Cesar gives Hitler youth the porno. Uh, and she is a, quite taken aback by this, which I think ties into what you're saying Duncan yeah. it's not necessarily like that she wanted this she just wanted to see what she could do or what she could get him to do rather and when it's actually presented to her she's quite uncomfortable because she's basically a fucking child yeah um, but she taunts him and then extorts more money at him so she gets over it quite quickly yeah she, she, uh, like, she basically it, it'll now be a hundred euros yeah um, <laughs> Manfred Del Monte's giving him a hard time about dead plants Um <laughs> Right, man from Del Monte, I think, owns the building, right? So we should probably... We should... See, I didn't think they did. I thought he was just, like, a fucking busy no, I think, I think he's. I think he's the owner. And, like, mm. so he basically... He either runs a company that looks after the building or he owns the building. Owns the building. Very possibly. Very possibly. Because he talks about checking the references later on, which, you know, you would only do that if you were employing someone. Yeah, well, I kind of thought maybe he was like the chairman of the fucking... What's Could that thing they have in America? You know, those residence committees? Oh, yeah, yeah nonsense. Yeah. yeah. F- false democracy, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's giving him a hard time. We also see Cesar, he's create, she, he is creating kind of friction between the cleaner and some of the residents. Yeah. Like making out that there's a problem and all that when it's not—it's very clever and very subtle the way he does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he then takes this back to the cleaner, she blames her idiot son. Yeah, because obviously most things would be his fault, I would imagine. <laughs> um, he then heads up to Clara's flat under the premise of unblocking the sink, which we then find out that he himself had blocked to cause the issue. Oh, so smart. And then he makes it look like it was a watch. He basically destroys the watch and makes it look like that's what it blocked. After finding it. out that it's a family heirloom as well, which is the yes. like, total prickish move to do. Um, under the bed, later on, he's back under the bed. Uh, we hear her uh, talking to her boyfriend and he's in the States, or some, presumably for work or something like that. Um, and then... She mentions Cesar in the conversation, like having a boyfriend, pure laugh. Awkward AF, as to be said, <laughs> considering the cunts under the fucking bed. Have you ever, here's a question for you, have you ever had a real life scenario where you have overheard people talking about you in a context which is not flattering, that they didn't know you were there? Um, 
Not that it springs to mind. I'm, I'm universally loved in fairness. <laughs> so it's not surprising that it hasn't happened to me. Uh, no, I... No, I don't think so. I was, uh, I was 16 and um, I was at my mate's house and the plan was like... <laughs> just me and him the plan was that I'd hide in, hide in his cupboard basically and jump out and scare our friends when they came round because it'd be fucking hilarious 16 years old honestly I don't know if I were yeah, yeah. Um, and I hid in the cupboard and <laughs> two mates came in and then proceeded to tear into me for about five minutes <laughs> Like, and I was like that at no point was like can I open the cupboard <laughs> like, <laughs> at what point is it acceptable and I could hear my mate whose house it was go like, oh come on right oh, right. you know like, try and stop it like yeah, the amount yeah. the of times he was like, like giving them all the signals minus the signal he's in the cupboard <laughs> he's in the cupboard let's not do this <laughs> oh but they ripped me they ripped me shreds they ripped my haircut um, they ripped uh, the fact that I used posh words she didn't go down well like uh, <laughs> so yeah she's like totally tore into me and then they finished talking about me and opened the door and they were just like uh oh, <laughs> and I was God. like oh uh, my balls just retracted there <laughs> and oh, then, so awkward <laughs> and then we sat and played the playstation <laughs> like never never addressed it never spoke about it still friends with both of them to this day which is weird <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It's fucking oh. horrible, man. It's the, oh, I wish you hadn't told me that. It's the worst It's the <laughs> worst feeling in the world. It really is, because you're just yeah. like... Because it just keeps like... And there's no way not to take it as a personal attack, because it's totally a personal attack. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I feel his pain. I feel his pain. <laughs> I didn't mean to derail <laughs> this review, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't possibly continue now. I'm, I'm so awkward feeling... Not even me. Um, <laughs> oh god, that was terrible, Dunk. Um, yeah, anyway, to get back at her, he basically chloroforms her again, <laughs> and then spreads out. Well, it's not to get back at; it's part of his plan. Yeah. But he spreads insect larvae all over her bathroom, which is pretty fucking minging. I've got to say. Yeah. Um, Wednesday, she is starting to develop a kind of rash as a result of whatever it is that he's putting into the skin cream. Um, although he's starting to get annoyed. She appears to be one of these kind of eternally cheerful girls. <laughs> he wants to break her down, this will make Yeah, and it he's doesn't not happy. appear to be working at this yeah, point. He's not a happy guy, he said at the start. Yeah. This whole thing here is to derive him joy through someone else's misery. Yeah. Or other people's misery, because he's doing it on multiple levels, like you said. He's setting up different layers of misery amongst different people yeah. and none of it's really paying off at all in that everyone seems to be specifically her Clara seems to be like as chipper as ever to the point that I think he even says that she doesn't look all that well yeah. <laughs> and, she's, and she's like Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing man um, yeah so he's kind of annoyed that she's coping okay with it uh, Thursday, the rash is worse. He's writing more letters. Um, and there's more shots of him in her bed kind of hanging. It sort of slips forward a few days at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday. Um, 
she's kind of on the verge of collapse at this point when she gets up. Well, obviously, yeah. this is starting to take a toll on her physically. Um, the rash is starting to improve, but now the, the bugs have all hatched and their flat is completely infested <laughs> with them. And this is, I think, this is the killer move because she's absolutely fucked. She cannot cope with this at all. Um, she goes running downstairs to get help from him. Uh, he offers them to fumigate the flat for her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's fucking brilliant. I am leaving right this sec to go and stay at my mother's house until it's all fucking done. And this doesn't play into his plan. Yeah. Because he didn't want her to leave. Um, so he's, he's not happy at this at all. This was a kind of a, a turn that he hadn't foreseen. Although, um, how would you not foresee this? Yes, fumigate my flat and I'll just sleep in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on. Um, so he makes a lot of kind of passive-aggressive snide remarks about a rash. Um, he brings up the text, so obviously she must have mentioned these to him at some point. Um, and she tells him that the police have traced him to that building. Um, he is a bit freaked out with this. Mm-hmm. And he sort of confides in this to his invalid mother. Um, I think he says something about he's not never gone this far before with somebody or something like that. Yeah. Um, he's got a fucking real Norman Bates thing going on with his mom. <laughs> it has to be said. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's just she is slightly alive. Yeah. Unlike Norman's mom, who was like completely dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Del Monte at this point basically talks to him again like you should start looking for another job yeah because this isn't working out type thing um, the police show up to inspect uh, some computers in the building for the, the I think they're looking try to trace these email things or, or texts that are coming out yeah um, and he has set it all up so that the cleaner's son is in the frame for it. He gets arrested. Um, he then stashes, I think, I don't know if it's a kill bag, but it's something like that. It's um, just, it, it looks like, yeah, looks like a, yeah. So, like, once again, I'm not I'm not entirely sure what the plan is here. because Yeah, what plan, his end game is. Yeah, because there appears to be I don't know if he changes his plan mid. Or, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's very strange because you're right because he he has his rope. He has and tools and gaffer tape, tape yeah, yeah. and all that. And it, yeah, but he yeah, also yeah. has a giant fucking Michael Myers kitchen knife. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so he stashes that in preparation of her coming home. Uh, <clears throat> then he takes up his, his usual position under the fucking bed and waits for her to come home. The fucking the mental strength just to lie there that length of time is phenomenal. It's like they did from the Poughkeepsie tapes that hides in the cupboard. Yeah, totally. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Maybe I'll check your cupboard tonight, man. Oh, but that. No, I wish there was fucking blinds over in my conservatory. <laughs> um, when she comes back, though, she's got her fucking boyfriend with her again. Big Cesar did not count on this happening. Um, and <laughs> it's one of my favourite scenes. That's, one of that's my amazing. Yeah. 
So he's then forced just to lie there while they bone yeah. on top of him, basically. And and due to their powerful lovemaking, his little bottle of chloroform <laughs> falls out all over his face. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so he's absolutely fucked on the chloroform. Um, he's, he's then in the ultimate cuckold scene. <laughs> Commando crawl from underneath the writhing bodies and go and hide in the bath like a cuck. <laughs> he gets woken up uh, in the morning because she turns the shower on, basically. Uh, but her boyfriend finds the old rape bag. Yep. Uh, Clara thinks it's been left over from the fumigating. Um, Cesar's he's creeping about the apartment, like avoiding them, just waiting for his chance uh, to get out, but he gets busted. Well, like, he, make, he makes a dash for the door. Yeah, he makes a dash for the door first before he goes in the bath and realises he's got the wrong set of keys. Yeah, yeah. So he's fucked, so that's why he has to sleep in the bath. But you're right, he does it, he gets busted just as he is escaping the room. Yeah. And he has to think quickly while standing there soaking. Yeah. Um, he comes up with some bullshit about leaving keys in the rape bag, which yeah. was just a harmless bag of fucking tools. Not a rape bag. Um and I've, I've no idea that his, his ability to switch personalities is really scary. Yes. It's like one of the kind of scary things in the film. Well, because, that's what they say psychopaths can do. Like, psychopaths yeah, can just, just lie. Just turn on a dime yeah, kind of thing. Like yeah, they can lie with ease, effortlessly, and they have none of the ticks that you... Like, their face don't, doesn't get flushed. Yeah, 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 like my yeah. face would get flushed if I started lying or I, like I'd been rumbled doing something. I yeah, just can't totally. control that. That's why I don't totally. do it. So <laughs> He has this sort of almost serene calmness and he comes away with the story and all that. You see him just about fainting when he gets outside kind of thing, but he holds it together. I mean, the boyfriend's about like, what the fuck, man, just get out kind of thing, yeah. you know? But considering what he's been caught doing, it's a masterstroke. Um... He then goes downstairs, his morning just goes from bad to worse, to be quite honest at this point, because big Del Monte tells him he's fired. Well, he's late again. He needs to, like, GTFO ASAP. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, later on, he's, he's packing up some of his shit and that, and he's talking to Duncanetta, and she's... Uh, being very nice to him. Stop giving me that look, Duncan. Stop calling the, the character Duncan out of yourself. The name like, is Stain. Wait, no, I'll tell you why I don't like this 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 uh, this this kind of this naming convention that we've got here for this character. As he he's about to destroy her. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and like you've just like I'm this character now, so this is what I've got to look forward to. <laughs> and this bit's really really dark because like she's been nothing but nice to him. Yeah. Held him and in high regard. Just, never had any yeah. issues with him. Will miss him. Everyone loved him. You know, hopes that he lands on his feet. Uh, yeah. Like the, the film works, goes through everything. Like, uh, beyond it, I'm so sad, sad to hear you lost your job. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, totally. totally. And then gives him a casserole. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, um, which was his plan went to shit in the morning. He mm-hmm. gets away with that with the skinniest teeth. He then gets fired, which then fucks up his plan moving forward. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Because he's going to have to leave at some point in the relatively near future. Um, and he just kind of turns on the old lady and 
it's not that he rants he just starts it, it's that whole passive aggressive thing going on about her being old yeah and just wasting away yeah with nobody in her life no kids but no kids to look after but these dogs will probably end up fucking eating her when she dies yeah. you know what i mean and it, and it, it, it's super dark uh, she's and a great real... actress as well because the yeah. color visibly drains from her face yeah yeah totally um then Clara and her boyfriend come down with that old post-coital glow. Like, we're away for the weekend. Presumably Day Hunters are more riding. And uh, Wee Cesar has a total fucking meltdown in his yeah. creepy rape shower. <laughs> um, the rape shower, it's a dirty old shower. <laughs> I'll need you work on those lyrics a bit more. When you get um, splashed with water non-consensually? What's happening here? <laughs> Uh, he, he, he's sort of talking about being born with without the capacity to be happy. Yeah, he's up on the roof. I think at this point we've kind of come full circle to the start of the film. Yes, is that right. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, we've now jumped back, and th- this is setting up that he's gonna he's gonna kill himself. Essentially, this is his, his yeah. last recourse, and he kind of looks up to the heavens as if to say. If there's anything you can do to make yeah, the give me a sign if I'm not to do this. Yep. And basically, Clara and her boyfriend come home. <laughs> the thanks. Cheers. <laughs> uh, they're just fighting about something. We then find out that she has she's pregnant. This is a great and conversation. Just found this out. <laughs> this guy's a prick. Yeah. Because what I forgot. About, so when her and her boyfriend are saying that they're leaving, they're going to the doctors first because she's not been feeling well yeah. and keeps fainting and all this kind of stuff um, when they're there they then find out that she's pregnant yep um, the boyfriend's going fucking nuts because he's been away the whole time so like how the fuck he's been away for be? six weeks and every time the shaggy wears a condom buzz and those are yes. 100% yeah 100% protective well <laughs> You've got to admit, you would at least be suspicious here, don't I would you know say I mean? that maybe if you're suspicious, you don't say it as soon as you found that she's pregnant. You well, know. no, I mean, there's timing and all yeah, that. Yeah, which this guy apparently does straight away. <laughs> like, yeah. And then that, that conversation continues all the way back to the apartment and then continues in the apartment. She doesn't really help her case because she's using words like technically it's possible yeah. which no guy wants to hear but at the same time his position is if you're Clara basically what he's saying is who you been shagging like yes do you know, in, not see in fairness to the boyfriend man I would find it hard to be talking about anything else at this point it's <laughs> got to be said right so I'm not going to berate the BF too much here um, <laughs> he basically wants to know how the fuck she's preggers we know Yep. camera pans down and there's wee Cesar just grinning like a fucking creep <laughs> under the bed and then bald as brass chloroforms the two of them oh this is brilliant climbs in between and naked. just straight down to the finger he is naked he both un- undresses and then crawls in between their two sleeping bodies yeah it and is... delivers the shocker because <laughs> I, I genuinely think he went in like three fingers you know what I mean Friday. <laughs> the boy boyfriend comes down to see Cesar, tells them that the bugs are back. Yep. But this is a ruse to get him up into the apartment. 
Clara's no there. The boyfriend though has found the chloroform and all that, so he's starting to put stuff together. He then just comes straight out and asks him how long he's been coming into the apartment, and the bald fucking Cesar's like that, five weeks, mate. <laughs> Fuck it, do you know what I mean? Well, the strength of your convictions, Cesar. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the strength of your convictions, my friend. He goes one step, like, she doesn't, like, she, like, Clara doesn't mind it. It's because she doesn't fucking know. Yeah. Uh, they fight. Uh, his, his wee fucking rapey mirror thing gets smashed yeah. and Cesar's taking quite the pounding here at this point but then he stabs the boy in the neck with a bit of the broken mirror oh yes uh, he, he then drags the guy through to the bath where he bleeds out and it's really graphic and yeah. it's very well done it's like the the pulsing yeah. of, of the blood coming out and all that I mean it, it, it's a really excellent fucking scene it's got to be said very gory if you're not into blood yeah. Um, it would be a bit of a trigger warning, I've got to say. Um, Cesar then sets all this up to look like a suicide. Mm-hmm. And the best bit is the guy's not quite dead, so he knows what's happening here at this point. You know, yeah. he, he like, puts the knife in his hand and all this, and there's nothing the boy can do because he's on the verge of dying, um, which is like twisting the knife to use a real <laughs> pun at that point. Um, Cesar is that he's then packing. Uh, to split and the cops come to the door <clears throat> they take him up to the apartment show him the scene um, and again his ability to act surprised and mm-hmm. is top notch um, they're asking him about people that have been coming and going and all this uh, he goes back to his apartment and then he finds a note <laughs> basically saying I saw you this is for me Hitler youth um, so she's really ramping shit up here. She also, she's getting a little bit drunk with her power here. She overplays her hand. Yeah, yeah. Nothing has gone wrong for her yet. So she thinks that she is fully in control of this situation. And Cesar at yeah. this point, um, turns out she's not. Well, no, because um, <laughs> that night, uh, this is fucking brilliant. This yeah. is fucking brilliant. You see her, so she gets up during the night, she goes to the door. So this is how you see her. Like she climbs up and she's looking at the wee eye hole bit. Yeah. So this is obviously how she's been spying on him. Um and then fucking Cesar's behind her, like in her house, which was fucking scary. I, I did it's get a, a jump. It's a, it's a jump scare. It's a, yeah, it's a yeah, jump definitely. scare which doesn't follow any of the cues of a jump scare in that there's no music playing, it's just boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, terrifying. Totally. Yeah, terrifying. And there has been none in the film it's yep. not that type of film there's no setup for that um, scares the shit out of her obviously so she runs off to get her parents but he's then chloroformed <laughs> them so everybody in the house is fucked uh, and he then hangs her off the balcony <laughs> like the mafia again <laughs> yeah totally totally um, he just confesses to everything that he's done yep. and then he's he basically tells her what's going to happen yeah. If she says anything kind of thing. Um and you can you just see her just crumble. Oh yeah. You know, the, the... Starts off with the family, the immediate family, then he says, Listen, I know what school you go to, I know who your grandmother is, yeah, she rhymes off her friends' names. Her friends and all that. from her Twitter, which I love hearing that, you know, like that. I'm like, I've been on your Twitter, I know who your friends are. Sophia. Uh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, totally. rattles off there and then he's like that, well, 
here's what's going to happen. <laughs> he lays out his ones. I'm going to say, he doesn't say, you're going to give me back the money that you started. Doesn't need to do that, Baz. No, 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 no at all. Um, so that that's the end of wee fucking Hitler youth as far as this all goes. It's got to be said. She has learnt her lesson. Yeah, the last time we see her is in a clip coming up where she basically, we get there is no ears or graces. She goes and holds her dad's hand and she's on time. Yeah, yeah, totally. So. Totally. Um, the cops then come back to visit him again. He's just got a total answer for everything. Yep. That they, they, they're coming up with kind of thing. Um, it's all grounded though. It's all grounded. Like so that, I think they were having troubles. Heard them arguing. The yeah, cops yeah. are like, well, he, she did say they were having, you know, issues. And yeah, whatnot. yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he's it brilliantly. Oh, he's a, he's a, this guy is next level. Totally, totally. Um, he then bumps into Clara. She's leaving with her mum. She's almost kind of catatonic at this point mm-hmm. uh, from the shock, obviously, of coming home to find the boyfriend. Um, he makes a comment about hopes to see her smiling again. Fucking hell. Sometime later, so he's somewhere else in another apartment, he sends her a letter. We then see her with the baby, so she's somewhere else. I don't know if this is the mother's house or something, uh, but this letter arrives. Um, and it basically kind of outlines to her everything that happened. Um, Doesn't help that the baby's got his hairline. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm not sure if it explicitly reveals to her who he is. I, I think the book is maybe what gives it away. Yeah. I think. And, and then it, it, it just ends on her like clutching the baby and screaming kind of thing. And his face with the words Monday coming up, which means yeah. he's about to start all over again. Start all over again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's sleep tight. That is sleep tight. It's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. It's a really good movie. You would need to be fucking dead inside not to, <laughs> you know, get something for this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it clearly needs a number of watches because you were rhyming off things there that I hadn't actually picked up in it and I've watched it twice. Yeah. Um, all it's more fairly w- quick succession. It's more when you see, like, very early on in the movie... There are specific things. It's when it follows routines of certain characters or interactions with certain characters. Later on, all that's paid off. And it's paid off in a really... To me, that's just... That, to me, is, like, next-level screenplay writing and direction. Like, every yeah. everything that is set up in the movie as a, well, why is she doing that, is answered later on. There's a reason why yeah, we're yeah, seeing that. Totally. That's, that is such... A lot of people are compared to Hitchcock. Very few anyone that's made a thriller is compared to Hitchcock. That's just the uh, standard. Um, this is one of these movies where I watch. It, I'm like, yeah, I could. If Hitchcock was around in 2011, Hitchcock would have made a movie like this. Ah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I totally get that. But finally, the person that kind of jumped out to me watching it more so at the end, once I'd sort of consumed the whole film, was Brian De Palma. Who is constantly accused of ripping off Hitchcock? So, yeah, 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 yeah you're yeah. spot on. No, yeah. you're spot on. hundred um, percent. Reminded me a, a little bit bizarrely that was it body, body double? double. Yeah, body double, where the guy can uh, see the woman through the. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, so it kind of reminded me a bit of that. Um, it wasn't necessarily quite what I thought it was going to be initially. Mm-hmm. But then again, I think I was expecting a bit more of a horror 
serial killery vibe to it. Yeah. And you don't get that. That is no loss because what the film does, it does really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is very creepy. Um, the development of the characters, obviously Cesar, he's, <laughs> he's the main character in it, but Clara, the wee girl. Yeah. Um, Duncanetta. You know, look, all of them. Couldn't wait to bring it back, could you? Oh, all of them. You you know, you really do feel like you know all of these characters by the end of it. There are very few incidental characters just thrown in here. It's the one thing we never mentioned is the kind of payoff with the mother as well. Their kind of final scene where you actually realise that he's not just showing up to... He's not necessarily just showing up there to check on her and make sure he's she's okay it's almost like he's divulging all these things to her through spite because there's fuck all she can do about it so can almost kind of torture her type thing i think so she's in a catatonic state and it's it's another way of like basically making someone's life misery misery yeah it's like it's just that little stamp you and you're right in saying there's absolutely no evidence anywhere that that is well within the confines of that character that that is just a catatonic woman that he's just visiting just to do that shit too. Yeah, 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 totally, so, totally. Um, no, an, an excellent film, and and a real change in direction from the director's previous movies. Yeah, which, like I said at the start, it, it just shows that you know the guy's a genuinely great filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I can't really think of anything bad to say about the film at all. There wasn't anything in it that I disliked. Yeah. Um, like I say, it maybe didn't play out the way I thought it was going to. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I genuinely can't think of anything that would really. I'm not saying it is the perfect movie yeah. or the the perfect thriller or anything like that, but it is a very very good one. Mm-hmm. Um, that is definitely worthy of you know spending an hour and a half, an hour and forty minutes of your day watching. Um, you'll have a good time doing it, kind of thing. Yep. Um, yeah just a great film yeah really enjoyed it really awesome. enjoyed it good one to kick off with I've got to say I think so I think so Feel strong right let's say well let's let's score it then you know that we do it's one through five one is hated it two is didn't like it three is liked it four is really liked it five is loved it but as we do allow point fives what are you giving sleep tight I am giving it a very solid four nice very solid for um, a hummed and hawed about maybe a wee 4.5 mm-hmm. but I don't know I think maybe the fact that I, I, I've maybe not picked up on a few things but it, it is definitely worthy of a 4 I, nice. I really like this film yes I will take that I will take that my friend well that's our first one see it always feels good to get that first movie out the way Pop that Bazoween cherry, big man. <laughs> and it means that we get to start another franchise. It has been a while since we've done this. Tickle the hymen, as it were. <laughs> so, so many references to things today. It's just oh, like, yes. Yeah. Uh, we, we're going to dice with death in this next We've got a date with a plane, big man. Well, yeah, one that we're not getting on for obvious reasons. We're not getting on it. Not yeah. getting on the plane. Um, this, <laughs> this will be Final Destination from 2000. This is the first 
of a brand new franchise that we'll be doing for Bazoween, looking at all five of the Final Destination movies. So sit back, get comfortable, be regaled with another piece of music curated and selected by The Baz, and uh, listen to the trailer. When we come back, we will be checking out what The Baz made of Final Destination right after this. Weird feeling. 
The cabin starts to shake, right? And, and the, the left side blows up, and then the whole plane just explodes. The plane's gonna explode! It's not a joke! It's not a joke! We get thrown off the plane all because Browning has a bad dream? Besides. The plane! It's gonna blow up! It's gonna blow up! All 287 passengers are feared dead. Because of you, I'm still alive. In death, there are no accidents. No coincidences. And no escapes. Did it happen again? Did you see Todd die? What if it was our time? What if we were not meant to get off that plane? What if there is a design, then it's not finished? By walking off the plane, you're cheating death. You have to figure out when it's coming back at you. What are you, God, now? He knows which one of us is next. You have a responsibility to tell me. I knew I should have hit on Tammy in the pool that time. Don't let it happen, okay? <gasps> Nobody has control over life and death. Unless they are taking lives and causing death. Now, can you promise me that no one else is going to die? Get out! I'll see you soon. And welcome back, ladies and gents. You've just heard the trailer for Final Destination. This one came out back in 2000. This one is based on the screenplay by Glenn Morgan, James Wong and Jeffrey Reddick. Now, Glenn Morgan, James Wong, two very familiar names in the world of television, which we will get to in a minute. Uh, it's directed by James Wong, so he's working off his own essentially material. Uh, the movie stars Devin Sawa, Ali Larter, Kerr Smith, Kirsten Cloak, Daniel Roebuck, Roger... <laughs> Roger Smith. We're going to miss out his middle name because I can't pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> Chad Danella, Sean William Scott. That's right, Stifler is in this movie. Stifler! The fucking Candyman's in this movie. Big Tony Todd up in this bitch. Uh, Amanda Detimer I think that's how you pronounce that probably not and there are some other folks but let's be honest ain't no point spending time doing them the synopsis for this one is Alex Browning is amongst a group of high school students readying themselves for a trip to Europe when he suddenly has a premonition that their aeroplane will crash he screams to warn the others but instead he's thrown off the plane dot 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 so they give you no more information on that synopsis that's basically the first five minutes of the movie <laughs> like no. I I will write no more um, <laughs> you get five minutes and that's it um, like I say the, the names of Glenn Morgan and James Wong should be f th familiar to those of the X-Files persuasion and that Glenn Morgan 
wrote and directed a ton of fucking X-Files, uh, along oh. with James Wong, and Final Destination originally started as a script for the X-Files, which is why this movie has two FBI agents. Ah! Oh. So this is a... Uh, did you, you didn't know that? Yeah, that's, that's fantastic, don't I like that a lot? Yeah. So this is this basically where it came from was a, a an idea for an episode of the X Files which wasn't picked up and instead they ran with it as a movie and I would say the movie format is much better for it. I can't imagine them squeezing this entire story into forty five minutes and me getting a lot of Scully and Mulder time. Although just plenty of Scully time would be fine for me. Yeah. Have you seen? <laughs> I don't want to derail here, but let's have Perf Corner. Have you seen? Gillian Anderson recently. Oh my fucking god! By the um, way, yeah, I uh, I recently just watched the fall. Me and my wife oh. watched the fall, all three seasons of it. We hadn't we hadn't seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I I love just the cold calculating fuck bunny that she is in that <laughs> movie. Do you know what I mean? She just like takes guys home and bangs them. Because she loves her hole, and I've got a lot of respect for that. <laughs> Um, also, she's quite fond of old Nat King and that uh, Sex Education, the Netflix series. I still have watched that. I still have watched it. Do you know, it, it's actually quite funny. It's, it's a very entertaining wee show. I think a third season's coming out fairly soon. Cool, cool. Um, I, I actually quite enjoyed it, I've got to say. I was... None of them look like they should be in high school, with the possible <laughs> exception of the guy in it. But other than that... I was, um, I was about to say she, she recently had a run on the not that I watched the TV show The Crown where she played Margaret Thatcher and I imagine your dick about got ripped off oh, there you go. that's all I need to say I'm saving that one for a long cold winter Duncan <laughs> <laughs> going to get deep down and dirty with that one a long cold winter where the only the only way we'll be able to power my house is through my ejaculate is that <laughs> absolutely let's get back to absolutely. the absolutely uh yeah so like that was the original plan for this it obviously spun out to be a movie uh which spun out to create a franchise the thing i love about this and i'll get i'll put this like right on the table just now one of the reasons i have such a fondness for final destination is this came out in 2000 we are now four years into the quote-unquote rebirth of the slasher movie kind of post scream and we've kind of done it to death already like we've ran that ship like a, a grim. Ah, you've had urban legend. You've had, I know what you did last summer. All that. Oh kind of god, stuff. yeah. yeah. Well, just like the 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 amount of movies is just like it, it's silly and it kind of loses something. And what I kind of love about this is they're like, well, let's just keep the teens, right? Yeah. In the movie because people like that. But instead of like doing instead of doing like an unstoppable slasher, let's just pit them against death. Yeah, yeah. And death in the case of this one is like a proto jigsaw. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like a, the way no, he kills these people is just like vicious as fuck. And also a whispering wind. He's a whispering wind. But it's like it's like the Saw movies. Yep. If Willow the Wisp was Jigsaw. <laughs> now you toy with that for a wee while, Donkey Boy. I don't know if my brain can handle that. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh yeah so you've you've been honest about this one this is not what we usually do when we do a, a bazoween or a bad segment yep. uh, this is a movie that you had seen before circa probably when it came out about 2001 on vhs i would imagine was about that time period so yeah i think this is um it's, it's probably a first actually for me 
and it's a film that I have actually seen. We did, we tended to avoid that at all costs almost. Yeah, but uh, like, it would be it would be the Baz one of, v horror stuff and the Baz Weedens and that, you know. It would be one like, of those things that, like, right at the beginning, we would say, "Ah, we could." And trust me, listeners out there, there are plenty of movies that you've been asking us to do for a long time that were in consideration up to the point where I would sit down with Baz and Baz would say, "Well, I've seen it." Yeah. But like, well, you know, has. Is there any point in doing it? Because the, the the kind of idea of this is uh, it's it's a reactionary segment. Yes. We're, we're building off that kind of first time watch. That being said, though, um, it has been if it came out on VHS and it would it would have come out in VHS the same year I started working in the Video Star, which was uh, Video Star Video Store, uh, which was two thousand and one. So I mean, twenty been, years ago. Yeah, twenty years ago. So I think yeah. enough time has passed if you've only ever seen it once to sit down and discuss it. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I beyond I couldn't remember who was in it. Yeah. Um, and beyond the general concept of them surviving the plane. this plane crash and death, if you like, catching up with someone at a time after yeah. it, couldn't remember any of the kills, anything like it's that. Realistically, um, the first twenty minutes tops of the movie. Then, as yeah. as that that's Pretty kind much. of set out, and uh, so yeah, so we're we're doing it mostly because there are four movies after this which are yeah. you know none of which I have seen yes which I mean in itself is going to make up for it here however that being said though this is another one that Final Destination in particular has had a weird legacy and that it's, it didn't have an immediate effect on anything at all like as in movies just continue doing what movies be doing after Final Destination it wasn't as if like when Scream came out everyone was like oh, right this is the formula like when Final yeah. Destination came out there was no formula change movies were released to be honest we were kind of moving into J-horror at the time and starting to move away from that slasher stuff so this is kind of the last hurrah of that you would still get movies like Cherry Falls and Valentine that would come kind of post it uh, the My Bloody Valentine remake you know in 3D mm. interestingly enough um, but you would still get them but there wasn't a marked change and then circa 2017 2018 we started getting a ton of movies which are completely completely influenced nay ripped off from Final Destination and we have seen them. Um, we've seen them in the cinema. I I want to say we've seen all the ones in the cinema. You saw Truth or, Truth or Dare? Did you see that one? Or was that with Dave? I don't think I've seen it at the cinema. Yeah. Truth or Dare is a complete rip-off of that. The idea of, you know, it, it, there's a they play a game of Truth and Dare with a haunted object and then a creature comes to kill them if they don't do the dares that that happened, but the creature that comes to kill them does it in the manner of which they played the game. Uh, uh-huh. The roles rimmed. Um Interestingly enough, I've just realised that Final Destination rips off Jumanji, but that's a thought for a different time. So I thought for <laughs> <laughs> so I thought for a different time. But yeah, there was that one, Fantasy Island, to an extent, also rips off a bit of of. Yeah, I've never seen Fantasy Island. I don't, Island. I don't, don't, go don't, to that one. don't, don't do it. Also rips off, and then there was that movie two years ago called Polaroid, which had a kind of very G horror feel about it, but was also I think it was the, the they were killed off in the manner of which their photographs were taken on a camera, some fucking bullshit. Um, so yeah, it's become. I think a, that one's actually on one of the streaming services uh, at the moment. It's not very good. Um, yeah. It's one of those ones that kind of disappeared into release hell for a while and then just was dumped. 
just kind of flung it out and then hope no one talk about it. So it's had a weird legacy. Almost 20 years after it being released, there's a ton of directors who clearly have, you know, that was a, a seminal movie for them that have carried yeah, that yeah, through. Yeah. Um, and so it's become very popular again. Although I will say it, Final Destination has always been a popular movie. It's, it's, I've, I've never met anyone that dislikes Final Destination. The sequels... Mm-hmm they vary but it's kind of universally loved so can you remember what your thoughts were after the first viewing did you enjoy it or was it a- yeah I, I do I, I do remember enjoying it I remember thinking it was the most original thing I had ever seen you know because I, I hadn't seen a lot of horror films yep. and I think probably as you see it, it was the first one where there was no physical like, protagonist in it for yeah. me Yeah. Um, and, and I remember thinking that that was quite cool and just I don't know, I, I wasn't, I'm not a great flyer, but I think back at that time, <laughs> I was in a job in the private sector mm-hmm. and I was having to go to London, you know, certainly far more than I ever have in any other job. Yep. So I was doing kind of more flying at that time than I was in, in it. Kind of hit a wee nerve there with me as well, I think. Um, I hate flying, and this movie did not. I've always hated flying, and this movie yeah. always plays in the back of my head just before I go on a plane. I fucking... It's the same way Actually, where the second movie, I told you before, when we get onto the next episode, um, the second movie has a opening premise which has changed my habits on the road as well. So, yeah. very, very smart. So, go for it. The, the first kill in this movie like after the plane crash and all that yeah uh, the first kind of catch up kill if you like i remember thinking oh my god that you know i'll discuss the kill when we get to it in the thing mm-hmm. but i remember being quite freaked out by that more so what was going on with his feet and stuff like that i remember yes. that striking a bell um but yeah I, I, I remember enjoying the film um i think i remember me <laughs> shows you how much things I've seen. I think I do remember being quite frightened of it by at the end of the movie. Yeah. I, I had that kind of nervous, kind of freaked out sensation, which I did not get this time. I oh, no, we've say, no, we, we knocked that the fuck out you, Baz. We've <laughs> travelled a long road since then, donkey boy. Right, well, let's get into this then. You sat down to watch Final Destination. First time in about 20 years since you watched it the first time around. I'll let the listeners out there know on the start of what will be a five-episode journey through the entire franchise, what did you make of your revisit to Final Destination? So the film itself opens with uh, Simon from the Inbetweeners <laughs> packing to go on a school trip to Paris. <laughs> and yes, I will be calling him Simon all the way through this review. I know it's not his name in the film, but that's who it is. is... He's just totally got that fringe <laughs> thing going, hasn't he? This is Devin Sawa, who I think for a while we all assumed was going to be the next big thing. Because he did this movie, the year before he did Idle Hands, uh, the horror comedy, which if you've never seen before, is he fucking hoot. Um, I have even heard. Oh no, wait a minute. I've not seen it, but it, it does ring a bell. It's, it is so much fucking fun. He's at least is it something a, about a guy with hand transplants or something he's, he's, like that. He, no, he's a he's a stoner. He's a stoner essentially, and um, because he he doesn't do fucking anything, he's a lazy bastard. His hand gets possessed, um, yeah. and then goes on a rampage. But it's got um, 
see Jamie Kennedy's in it, and like just like like just just a, a ton of people that you would know from the t- the Offspring are in it. They play live in his house at his party. I think yeah, Rob Zombie's in it as well. As it's, it's, it's a it's a fun fucking movie. Really, really, really fun, and he's the main guy in that. And so he did that right in the final destination. Everyone was like, oh, "We have a new horror star," and then he yeah. just didn't really do anything until recently. He was in that Fred Durst movie, the the fanatic. Um, you never seen that one? I I couldn't have told you another thing this boy was in. Oh, um, and it's funny because one of the things I was going to say while the film came out in two thousand, obviously that so. We've only just exited the nineties, so this film is just it's nineties tastic. Oh god, yeah. And, and the cast, you know, there are a lot of big nineties names in here. Uh, you know, thing with William Scott, we got Stifler. Yep. Um, various other ones who will come on in a minute. Um, it, it's almost like a kind of uh, montage film, you know, of all of the various big actors at the time. But he was the one I really didn't get. So he's Simon from the Inbetweeners. Well, we will be watching a movie with him in it very, very, very soon. Not for this particular series, but he's in the new Danzig movie. The Western? Yes, he is. Devin Salmon. Nice. I, I want to see he's the main guy in the movie as well. So he's having a lot of resurgence. He was in that movie, The Hunter, recently, which was really fucking good. You would have loved that. Um, and if you haven't seen it, I will see if I can... Acquire you a somewhere. It was it was surprisingly good. Um, right. So he hasn't. He's having a little. Well, like I say, he was in that Fred Durst, John Travolta movie, The Fanatic. He's having a wee good. Good on him still keeping going. You know what I mean? <laughs> Here's different now. Most folk would have chucked it, man. Face is a bit a bit like bloated now because he's he's a bit <laughs> older, and I think that the alcohol's hit him. Uh, but yeah, back. He's a fresh faced, and he does look very much like Simon from The Inbetweeners which now you've said that has ruined this movie for me it's Thanks, the film for me anyway young Simon is very nervous about flying um, but his dad's basically that man fucking live it up and I've, I've just written here his dad seems morbidly depressed with his lot in life do you know what I mean and he's now trying to live vicariously through his son if you're if you if your highlight of your week is how excited you are for your son to go to Europe. Yeah. And so is Seeds. Um, yeah. That's depressing as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you need to bang your wife a bit more, mate. Um, the, during the night, a mysterious breeze enters his room uh, and his clock acts like a dick. Um, his clock acts like a dick. This just behaves like an absolute arsehole. Um... Next day we're at the airport. Um, the shite one for Dawson's Creek plays a prank on Stifler, who is dressed like a fucking idiot. He's dressed like Stifler. Yes, he is a bit, but that... he's not got the swagger of Stifler. Well, he's not got the yeah. overbearing self-confidence. He, ha- he, he is, he's a bit of a dumb character, and he's also like chronically paranoid, which is not Stifler. Yeah. Um, other notable members of the entourage include a tray hot teacher, mm. uh, the moody one from Roswell High, <laughs> uh, and Ali Larter, who would have seventeen different roles in the TV show Heroes. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but kill her and- off, and she'd come back as a new character. I'm like, just keep the old character. I never watched Heroes Beyond season one, and You're by all accounts. Man. 
it wasn't worth watching beyond season one. Um, anyway, we're going to have a lot of fun with her name coming up. Um, <laughs> did, you, also, did you substitute an L for an F? Yeah, yeah. Then, bad I it, then, then I just took it left field. We'll get there, don't you worry. Um, they also they try to pull like an Ali Sheedy from Breakfast Club on her. You know what I mean? Making her kind of dowdy and kind of thing. And it just she's obviously she's, wearing a wig as well. Yeah, she's, yeah. And she's still hot, so fucking give it up. Uh, there are many, many awesome 90s curtains in this film. And by curtains, I'm talking about the hairstyle. The hairstyle that I rocked a good 10, 12 years longer than I should have. So, uh, big props to this movie. The French teacher is also very clearly a sex offender. <laughs> Don't know what you're laughing about, McLeish. It's, it's just the fucking truth. Um, uh, in the airport, a Harry Krishna tries to give young Simon from the in-betweeners a pamphlet about death. Yeah. Uh, and a hot teacher just mouths the words fuck off <laughs> instant boner <laughs> honestly it came up like battleship guns <laughs> it was uh, tremendous tremendous she must have been in other things you can do a bit of research when you can do and find out what else she was in Duncan because I'm going to download it um <laughs> Simon starts to see kind of odd coincidences and things going uh, things going wrong Uh, at this point Ali Oop Mafarter reads an article about Princess Diana dying in Paris which was tasteless to be quite truthful oh the Americans Um, loved that yeah not as tasteless as the joke that Princess Diana died the, the same weekend as Cowell Games, the big Highland Games in my hometown. Oh, um, and my friend, Co- my friend Colin had a big crowd of family friends that came every year for it, and quite a few of the guys and some of the women as well were in the various pipe bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and two of them, Big Graham and his wife, they were in one of the five pipe bands. And then Big Colin, not my mate, but his, his other friend Colin, he was in the Annan pipe band and the joke was what do uh, Princess Diana and the Annan pipe band have in common? They both fucking died at Cowell Games. Harsh. Harsh. Sorry. The Annan pipe band were quite good. <laughs> right, this uh, actress is called uh, Kirsten Cluck and it is clear how she got involved with this movie in that she was in the bulk of season two of Millennium which was created by Chris Carter, obviously Chris Carter involved with the X-Files, creator of the X-Files. And that's was Millennium the one, it almost crossed over into the, X, the X-Files did. at one point? Yeah, it got cancelled after season three. It's like one of the most, like you're going to, you've put, you set me up here, Baz. Um, Millennium was, the first season of Millennium is a perfect TV show for me. Yeah, I watched it because my, my mate Gay here was really like the X-Files yeah. and he had all of like the VHS box sets <clears throat> And was giving them to me yep. when I bought my flat because yep. fuck what to do with my time. So I, I ended up 
although I'd seen like the first couple of seasons of X-Files, I binge watched like the first eight seasons of it or something. I think it's season and then he mo- eight, they do the crossover because Yeah, Millennium and he moved me on to Millennium. He loved Millennium. I was it was a more with- kind of demonic apocalypse type. Yeah. Idea, the, the Millennium Group were designed to chart weird things heading towards um, the turn of the Millennium. And yeah. uh, Frank Black, as played by Lance Henriksen, ingenious yeah. fucking casting, was this guy who had the sight, essentially. He, he could... He could and he was really troubled and all that, wasn't he? Aye. Yeah, so... Um, and he was brought in in the first season as a perfect fucking TV show because it's him solving crimes, it's supernatural, it's very x files but there's there's a kind of arc with this Millennium group in the background. Second season, first half, brilliant. Second half, utter dog shit because they build to this massive catastrophe at the turn of the Millennium which this apocalypse has reigned, which then they bring back for season three and pretend it never happened. Right. They, like, his wife dies and all the rest, but they never address it. And then this format of season three goes back to the format of season one, except we all know that there's been some sort of mini apocalypse that the show's never addressed. And then the show just tries to continue on. And Frank Black's here's white at this point. Um, and you're like, what the fuck happened there? And you like fright at the apocalypse type thing. It just pretends it doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, but it turns out this particular actress here, and I do now remember her, um, is in the, the vast bulk of that because Chris Carter did both those shows and James Wong and Glenn Morgan worked on Millennium. This is why she got cast. And she's I also see. hot as fuck. She is. So I basically just want her to tell me to fuck <laughs> off and maybe spit on me. <laughs> well, find anyway. out she's got an OnlyFans. We'll make that happen. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's all I can think about now. Um, <laughs> Curtains, who, who's uh, this is Simon's like best mate, Todd. Yeah, Curtains. <laughs> um, he convinces Simon that he uh, he needs to shit before getting on the plane. Yeah. Um, of course, the music playing in the toilets is uh, John Denver, who famously died in a plane crash. So. Not the first time we're going to get John Denver in no, this movie. No, it's not. <laughs> is this shameless? Is this is this is this as bad as um, that scene in Connor, where uh, like Steve Buscemi turns around and says, uh, "Talk what was it? Uh, define irony." A bunch of criminals singing Leonard Skinner songs in a plane. <laughs> Something like that. You know, like, it's, it's, it's kind of... They really drive it home, Baz. They do. They certainly do. Um, <clears throat> on the plane, Simon's really nervous. So he doesn't like flying, I think, at the best of times. Yeah. Um, and... There, there's sort of numerical coincidences, which is eerily reminiscent of Lost, that has got to be said. Um... <laughs> Simon then swaps seats to let these two hot chicks sit together. Um, the tray in his new seat is broken. Yeah. Um, as soon as the plane starts to take off, shit starts going wrong. Um, there's a kind of cheesy fake scare uh, to do with turbulence or something like mm-hmm. that. And then it all goes to hell. The masks drop down. The plane goes into a dive. Fire breaks out doors blow out, people are getting sucked out the doors, and then it ends with the cabin just fucking getting incinerated. Um, very good, by the way. Still the, the great. effects were, yeah, excellent. 
Um, and then Simon, in between us, wakes up with the two hot girls asking him to switch seats. Yeah. He's obviously like, so he's extremely freaked out because he's this very vivid dream. He doesn't like flying the rest of the times. As soon as he gets to the other seat, he checks the tray and it's broken. Yep. The same way that it had been in his dream kind of thing. He then starts to freak out. He starts screaming about the plane blowing up. What would you do? Um, eh? What would you do in this what, situation? What would I have done? I'd do the same. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, I'd have been off there like a fucking shaft, a hot shovel. Do you know what I mean? I'd, like if they wouldn't let me off, I'd just start shouting "bomb" until they arrested yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Al, Al, Akbar or something like that. You know, just fucking over and over again. Um. <laughs> so, like, so he starts. A fight breaks out amongst like. I think it's the shit Lanfrey Dawson's Creek gets so he thinks he's a bit of a hard man or something mm-hmm. so I, I can a load of them get thrown off the plane including like one of the teachers and curtains and all that kind of stuff uh, in fact no curtains doesn't get thrown off but his, his brother Roswell is like you better go and make sure he's alright uh, and young Ali battering my father <laughs> she uh, she just decides to get off having seen what happened uh-huh. she obviously gets some kind of feeling uh, and leaves um, the back in so they're taking off the plane they're sort of back in the departure lounge but uh, a hot teacher tells the sex offender teacher to get back on the plane because basically they're the only two teachers there mm-hmm. one of them needs to be with the rest of the party that are flying to uh, France and I, and I get the feeling that she's not actually a French teacher whereas he is yeah, so she like sends the designated second teacher that yeah, yeah, totally. all these students. Um, so he gets back on the plane. Um, everybody's uh, kicking off at Simon because like they're they're now not going to fucking Paris. They're all blaming him. Big Dawson's Creek tries to fight him again, kind of thing. And then in the distance, or in the back, Stifler's staring out the window at the plane flying off. Um, and then you just see it explode. And it's quite well done this because you see it explode and then it's like a second or two later and you suddenly get the impact. But I think it was far too far away because it, it shatters all the windows and all that. I'm like, I don't think that would have happened the distance mm-hmm. away it was. But that's just me being an anal wee dick. <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically the plane does blow up. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing Simon's fucking vision to fruition, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Agents Wayne and the rather unfortunately named Shrek of the FBI <laughs> then turn up to question the survivors. Um, and obviously you've just explained that that is off the back of this being a fucking failed X-Files script, Isn't which it? is really quite interesting. I do like that. It's my favourite fact of the night, Duncan. Mm-hmm. Um, Simon's getting it tight. We curtains, he's riddled with guilt about his brother because his brother stayed on the plane. Um, all of the parents arrive, apart from Ali Larters, uh, and she has to get a ride home with Simon. Fairly sure there was some, there's a like a lost storyline in this about her parents. I think so as well. You never see them at all. Yeah. Despite later on you see her house and all that. Anyway, there's obviously an issue there. Um, 
there's then a, a kind of fucking there's quite a boring scene shortly after this they're at home it's on the news about the plane crash and all that and there's an ominous lightning strike jumps forward 39 days uh, and I believe there was 39 people died from their class yep. or something like that they're at the memorial service everybody's looking at me Simon for the in-betweeners like he's fucking mental <laughs> The FBI have turned up. Hot teacher is looking super fly. Yeah. At this point, man. I yeah. mean, she's looking damn fine and kind of vulnerable. So, <laughs> just ticking all my boxes. Do you know what I mean? Um, and bizarrely, they've got some wee guy for the school fucking knocking out some of the old pre desk post grunge on his acoustic. Well, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Right on the plane, right down. That's meant supposed to be my yarling. That went very badly. I really it, don't more want, of it, more of it. I do, I do not want that making the final cut. Don't that just will be in the final cut. Because you called a know, female character with some dogs, Duncanetta earlier Duncanetta. This is Duncanetta's revenge. Duncanetta. Rhymes with Vianetta. <laughs> Duncanetta Vianetta, eh? Do something with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dawson's Creek's been an absolute dick to Simon in the queue to go and, like, I don't know, kiss the memorial or whatever it is they're fucking queuing up for. Um, Stifler, on the other hand, is thanking him. This is so fucking funny. <laughs> and he, he then seems to think that he can see the future and he's like that if I ask her out. She's going to say yes or anything like that. He says his opening gambit is that he sat his driving ed course and the teacher basically said to him that he'd passed, but, you know, he's he's not going to live long if he continues driving like that. And he's like that. Is that true? Am I not going to live? And he's like, well, uh, you know, he's like that. If I hit on this chick, will she look like... I love how he goes from, will I die in a car to, will this chick say no? Uh, Which is like... Two most important questions. Absolutely. <laughs> hot hot teacher then tells Simon that he scares her. Yeah. And I'd have been like, well, not as fucking much as I would if you knew I was in the bushes outside your house then. <laughs> Honestly. Cock in hand. <laughs> that ain't morning you in your bush then. You know what I'm saying? That's, uh, that's something quite different. And a fair bit stickier. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Curtains says his dad won't let him see Simon anymore at the moment, kind of thing. Uh, and Ali, I would like to abseil up your farter, thanks him for saving her life. Um, Curtains makes a very, very boring speech which serves only to highlight his terrible accent skills as an actor. Yeah. I can't remember if he's trying to do like a Bostonian thing. Oh no, it's like in a New York, New Jersey type accent yeah, or something. It's not like, good. No, fuck no. 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 <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> he doesn't have many, many more spoken words after this. Well, he doesn't. No, no. you're absolutely a right. A lot of kind Later on, he goes for a shit. Um, and the 
the toilet starts to leak. And I've written here probably because the valve looks like it's made of glass. Mm. Uh, which was weird. But my grandfather was a plumber. I'm assuming that's the only reason I picked up on that fucking <laughs> boring piece of trivia that I really wish I hadn't included in my notes now. When Duncan looks bored at my chat, then I know I've derailed badly. And um, <laughs> nice. Looks... Baz notes. Baz notes here. Uh, acting terrible. Accent inconsistent. Sister and impractical. Yes. <laughs> Plumbing fixtures and fittings. Ridiculous material. <laughs> it's what knocks it down a point five for me, Duncan. Absolutely. Not... <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, also, um, far too much characters taking a shit in this movie. Yeah, yeah, there's quite a lot of that actually. Isn't there? <laughs> it just seems uh, like, and not one of it is hot teacher on somebody's chest. So, really, they missed the only trick that they had there. To be quite frank, um, at his house, Simon is researching plane crashes and then rips the heat off it over, a, I think it's a yearbook picture of Ali, uh, oh no, it's in the paper. Yeah, he starts and, at and, that and, 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 then... and, he, and he pops out a wee heavily soiled copy of Penthouse. Yeah. He's also uh, like every like every teenage boy. Like <laughs> That's literally how your brain works. Let me look at these horrible, disgusting photos on Rotten.com. Oh, what's that? Right, now I'm going to have a wank. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you've wanked to something on Rotten.com, it just means that as soon as that lost your interest, the first thing that took its place was, could have a wank. Yeah. So, it's true. But you did you did also wank at something on Rotten.com, I know you did. Um, I'm not going to answer that question, Baz. <laughs> Cuttons cuts himself shaving. Because uh, he's using old-fashioned... No fucking child! No, I know. I know, it's ridiculous. Fucking got the, a, a, a fucking shaving set from Sweeney Todd. <laughs> it's the most ornate um, fucking looking bastard ever. He has a, a near miss with water and electricity. You get that quite a lot in the film. There's quite a lot of the kind of near misses leading up to the one that they really wish they'd miss. Yeah. Um, an owl scares the shit out of Simon, which is fucking weird. And then papers, like his wee piles of paper and that, they fly into his fan which showers the room in confetti mm. um, and a, a one little piece lands in his lap and it says Todd uh, which is Carlton's real name um, <laughs> I can't even remember why I wrote this but I've written here Carlton's is interfering with his ma's underwear <laughs> then he slips in the satanic toilet water <laughs> it's like the <laughs> yep yeah, so so he goes to he goes to take a shower he opens oh, the that's right, and yes. they have like a weird I don't know if this is common I wouldn't have thought in the house the size that they've fucking got that mansion that they live in that she would have her unquestionables like fucking strung out over the bath strung out well, over the bath do you know see I, I can actually verify that though when my wife and I, well we weren't married at the time uh, we were just getting out but we'd saved up for a year or so and we went out to her aunt and uncle's place in, uh, not Boston, in rural Massachusetts. And they had a seriously big house yeah. with fucking a lot of ground around it kind of thing, you know, and like woods at the edge of the garden and all that kind of stuff. And um, I can't remember how it came up, but, but I mentioned, I got talking to her aunt about washing. Now, mm. her aunt is from Kilmarnock, 
Do you know what yeah. I mean? When she moved over there when her husband didn't get a job. And she told me that when they had bought that, and God only knows what that house cost. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But they bought this and like moved in, met some of the neighbours. And, and like you couldn't see it at the neighbours' houses. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And she hung washing out the back garden. And like the next day, one of the neighbours was at the house going, it, we don't we do not do that. Do you know what I mean? And that's why actually, because they had a little laundry room down in the basement. Yeah. So everything got washed and then straight into a tumble dryer. And I was like, just even hang it out? Because like, it was windy and all that. And we're there, like, I would have tried in an hour. Uh, and she said, no, the neighbours actually pulled it up about you just don't hang washing out in America, apparently. Unless, unless you're in Friday the 13th Part 3. <laughs> or, or in Halloween. Americans are weird. I've said it before, yeah. say it again, you're all a bunch of weird bastards. Um also, like statistically speaking, more people die in the toilet or in the bathroom than do in plane crashes. And I'm just gonna say if you have contraptions like this in your American households, that will help it. That that's true. <laughs> There's no arguing it to that. Um so yeah, he, he tampers with his Moz pants. He then slips in the satanic toilet water, falls into the bath. Mm-hmm. The little cord thing wraps around his neck. Yeah, and then he. Can't... I've written here he can't get up because he had lube on his feet. Right, it wasn't lube. I believe it was shower gel. It's the same. It, it does the same purpose here, bass. Yeah, well, it does. Yeah, it, it falls over, it goes all over his feet. So then, as he's trying to get up. His feet keep slipping, um, and eventually he chokes out in the bath, kind of thing. And that was the one for some reason that I was like, "Oh my god, that can totally happen!" <laughs> I, like the first time I saw it. I don't know what you're on about. There's a kitchen death coming up later on, which is totally realistic. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> um, the the satanic toilet water retreats into the toilet where it belongs at this point. And the distance you can hear death going, hee hee hee. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, and then a toilet flushing. Um, <laughs> it was fine all along. That's it. Simon arrives at the house just as they're wheeling Curtin's body out. He um, has an argument with the guy's dad right after yeah, his Yeah, he, he, he gets kind of railed out by the dad uh, who thinks his son committed suicide over his brother having died on the plane. Yeah. Um... Simon goes to see Ali, I can only imagine, has an immaculately bleached farter at her house where she is making exhibition-level metal sculptures in a tiny tank top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she starts fucking going on about some kind of psychic bond with him since the crash, um, and they then decide that they'll just go and check out Curtin's body at the morgue. Um, they break in. Yeah, she gets real turned on by this. I I'd have slipped the digit at this point because yeah, I just would have a signature move. Uh, the body flinches, and then the Candyman jumps out the shadows. <laughs> and you know, I have got to say, I watched this with my daughter. Well, my, I should have mentioned this right at the start. My daughter is watching all of the 
you, you didn't so I'm loving this right, I'm loving this you didn't say that at the start so so um, yeah so Tess watched this with me um, she pissed herself when the Candyman jumped down his and I, she didn't know who he was yeah. but I don't think she's seen Candyman so she didn't realise because again at this this would have been after Candyman oh god yeah this is about yeah. good, this is a good 8 years after Candyman yeah. Candyman's 92 so um, she wouldn't have realised that he, he, he was a big name I suppose or, or a big figure in horror at the I'm time I'm trying to think even like the as Tony Todd goes probably the biggest roles Candyman Final Destination and The Rock He's one of the yeah. he's one of the bad kind of renegade generals. So he is, yes, uh, that's right. The the ones that take over the island. Yeah, so I think that might be his three biggest roles. I'm sure people yeah. out there will disagree with me, but he's he's now more commonly known as that guy that appears in every other horror movie that's going. He's in a ton of them. Yeah. It's the voice man. The voice is fucking like Tony Todd's voice is fucking. Tony Todd could like they should be getting him to do audiobooks. His voice is fucking incredible. <laughs> oh. Well, I've, I've written here, Candyman pops out of the shadows and proceeds to overact for the next five minutes. Oh, he's amazing. He's absolutely... <laughs> he reveals death's dark plan to Simon and Ali, and then he says, and you don't even want to fuck with that Mac Daddy. <laughs> really? I'm going to say he is of the, the... At least he is of the ethnic persuasion to use the words Mac Daddy. There's plenty of white actors that are using that in around this time period. Yeah, that but I, I just be. think he sounds white as shit when he says it, though. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Jesus. Like, anyway, do you, hilarious if, interlude that's got to be said. If you go to the Borg... By the way, Tony Todd is a recurring thing in the... Yes, yeah, yeah. So, not only the character, but the voice. The, he becomes an unofficial Sorry, voice. I, I should have mentioned it by the point of this recording. I have watched the second one. I think he narrates... In case you think I'm lying about what I've seen here. I think he narrates the beginning of the third one, if memory serves. Like he right, so he, right, he's, okay. he's involved in some weird way and shape and form. But, um, like, his... If you go to a morgue and the guy in there starts talking about desk design, do you just think that's a guy that takes his job too seriously? Oh, yes. <laughs> aye, aye. This, I think this is what you'd have done if you hadn't got into whatever dark magic it is that you do with street names or whatever it is that you fucking do. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I could have seen you this being you, don't I don't know if I could... Like, we knew someone uh, back in the days of the band. We had... We auditioned a bass player who was a mortician. Was that the one that also wanted to do MMA fighting? No, 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 no. That was Paul. He's a software designer. Ah, right, so, right, okay. Uh, this was uh, this is one of Mark's friends uh, who stop laughing, <laughs> stop laughing, um, <laughs> who was ridiculously into Cradle of Filth and was a mortician who worked with Fourth Valley NHS. All right. Uh, Dave used to bump into him all the time, and he was. We got told, listen. He's a shit hot bass player. He can play all this fucking really fast, complicated, cradle fill shit. And we were like, "This is amazing." This is this is way back when we were original looking for a bass player. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he sat down and played like two or three like black metal tracks. His fucking fingers going up and down. It sounded amazing. And then we gave him <clears throat> one of our old 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 songs, which was called "Feed on This." 
Um, which wasn't a particularly difficult song. The riff went... I'm like, right, that's straightforward enough. Um, couldn't fucking play it. <laughs> could, not, could not play anything that wasn't a black metal or really fast Cradley Phil song. I've just got Noel Fielding's character from the IT crowd in my head. You know the wee goth guy that lives in the well, server? Well, he, he did. He looked totally goth. And then the last time I saw him, he's in fact, his brother, this is the, so many in-jokes here, his brother is the dude that did the video with Mark, like the film, where Mark was looking at a picture of his family, which was actually Dave's family. It was Dave's wife, that's right. That's it. Sorry, this is an in-joke that nobody will find funny, but if you know this story, it's hilarious. Yeah, but, but that's that's his brother. His I don't think they'd ever get that picture back. I was like, me, should you get that fucking picture back? Well, do you want it now? It's probably saturated in semen. Um, so, like... <laughs> is, this, is this picture laminated? No, that's crusty semen. Um, so, <laughs> but, but, yeah, it was his, his brother. Who, like The last time I saw him, he, he, had, he was all, like, fake tanned and was dating some... I'm sure her name was Petra, and she was from Poland. So, actually nice. lived in Poland. He travelled to Poland to see her on the reg. So, yes, was, was Petra a prostitute? Potentially. <laughs> I think she was... Like, when he kept referring to her as a professional, maybe that's... Yeah, what that's meant. what you're talking about. Maybe that's it? what he meant. But yeah, so that, that's the only other mortician I know, and he was a bit weird. So I'm just saying, Tony Todd is in keeping with what I know of morticians. Weird. My, my previously mentioned friend Colin uh, worked for an undertaker's for a number of years, and the guy that owned it is actually a distant relative of mine. Right. He's also a past master of the same lodge as me and Colin are in. Big Arthur. But um, I remember one night being down at Colin's house, him and his wife Brenda's house and uh, Colin was on call so he got called out because some old lady had died like an American old woman had passed away in her house police had gone in confirmed that she was dead and that so then they, they call out the undertaker to come and deal with kind of thing Colin's on call so uh, he's like I need to go out so me and Brenda sat in the kitchen having a drink for a couple of hours and Colin comes back in and I just remember him coming back in the door just looked in the kids like, and you go for a shower. <laughs> just fucking disappeared. I do not know what he'd seen or had to touch. <laughs> but he had to shower before he came and joined immediately, us again. Immediately. Oh, man. Anyway, right, moving on. So that that's big uh, candy, candy man, the Mac. Candyman's candy. parting shot, as he says. He looked forward to seeing big uh, Simon from the Independent real soon. Yeah. <laughs> um... Simon now believes that there are clues that can help him cheat death because death is coming after him. Uh, and I think by this point he's realised it's kind of all of them. Or it's maybe yeah, just he's, wor- he's worked out that the, the survivors are being sought after. What he hasn't worked yes. out yet is the order. Yeah, yeah. Um, so him and Ali are sitting outside a coffee shop. Dawson's Creek drives by with his bird who was also one of the survivors, it should be said. Yeah. Pulls a U-turn, nearly hits V Stifler on his bike. Yep. Hot teacher walks out the coffee shop, gangs back together. <laughs> uh, Dawson's Creek bird then rips into them, because they're all arguing and fighting about it. Yep. Uh, this is maybe one is... of my favourite scenes in 
like early 2000s horror. I, I right. think because I remember the first time I saw it in the cinema, I about shat my pants. <laughs> yeah, because it's a very effective jump scare in this one because she's written into them all about she's moving on, she's going to put all this behind her, she's going to move on with her life and if they want to fucking dwell on it and fight for the rest of the time that's up to them and she just turns around and a bus fucking yeah. wipes her, her out her parting words are if you want to do that that's fine you can just drop dead bang boom hit with a bus and she's gone <laughs> and there is an unnerving lack of screaming amongst the people that have just witnessed it's, this it's, it's not only there's an unnerving lack of screaming the next scene we cut to is Devin Sawa aka Simon from In The Between Us sitting on the couch having an Alka-Seltzer <laughs> <laughs> watching the TV this is two seconds after he's had a tearial spray right across the side of his face yeah it's yeah, amazing totally she's gone um, so as you say so he's sitting at home he sees a news report and then it, it details how the explosion on the plane happened a new theory that they've come up with yeah, that yeah, there's yeah. some silicon casing which like travelled along that I don't know if you would show this in the news. I highly doubt it, but it is America after all. Yes, yeah, um, and he then realizes that death is coming after them in a very specific order, like the order they should have died on in the plane or mm-hmm. something. And basically, hot teacher is next. So I just fucking turned off at this point. <laughs> Wasn't interested anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm only kidding. <laughs> um, she's on the phone. She sees Simon creeping about outside. See, told you it's scarier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she calls up fucking Cheech and Chong, whatever the fucking FBI agents are called. So they pick Simon up, take him in for some questioning, and he gives them the whole theory about death. Uh, <laughs> Hot teacher gets back to the packing with a big mug of vodka. Well, she, yeah, this is the like she, big, but mug full of vodka. So the conceit here is she starts pouring hot water into the mug to make a cup of tea. Realizes the mug is the mug from the high school that she taught at, which like freaks her out. So she throws, she throws the hot water out. So the mug is still hot, and then she decides I can't drink tea from this mug, but I can drink vodka from the freezer which yeah. she then pours into the mug and because the mug was hot it cracks, it cracks. Yeah. I once again don't think that's how that works but for the no, setup here it's fine I, and I am once again freaked out by your level of attention to these kind of things I was just like she was drinking vodka out of a mug and the mug cracked this probably is, the wee satanic wind thing it's, it's almost as if I've got about a thousand episodes of podcasts under the stairs that's all I do guys <laughs> all I do is scrutinise this that's all I do um, yeah, so as you say, the mug cracks either through satanic wind or your temperature adjustment. Fucking most theory. likely satanic wind, but um, <laughs> and the booze then pours down the back of her computer, uh, which then explodes <laughs> in her face. And it, yeah, and it basically she catches like a shard of glass in the jugular. Yeah. <laughs> the whole house goes on fire as the result of some spilled vodka. Well, this, yeah, because she walked from the kitchen through, she's basically created a trail 
Yeah, how much vodka was in your fucking mug, Ken? Also, vodka doesn't you know light I mean? like that. No, I know. I, and was it vodka or was it fucking moonshine? I think it was moon- <laughs> Red diesel you were drinking? I don't know. It's like, maybe the cheap shit does. Maybe, like, Smirnoff goes up in flames like that, but fucking Grant's <laughs> vodka goes up like that. But I'll tell you right now, vodka doesn't... But because she's walked it right round the house, it basically follows a trail in her kitchen right yeah. to where the bottle was and then sets... <laughs> Fucking explodes like a Molotov cocktail. This bottle. It's ridiculous, man. That's not the worst bit. (laughs) John Denver's playing in the background, by the way, just to remind you. You're all fucked. And she then pulls a knife down on top of herself. She's reaching for a, a dish towel to cover her neck, and the dish towel's over because she's placed it's over a block of knives, knives which yeah. she can see from where she is. And thinking to myself, "I'm having an unlucky day. Let me just <laughs> let me just put on this cloth here. What's the worst that can happen? Giant fucking knife through the chest. Yeah, not dead though. Uh, no, no, she's not. She's not. Um, and there's something fucking happens. She gets hit again or something falls in the knife. Well, yeah, De- Devin Sawa gets released from the police because there's fuck all they can do about it. And then there's an in-joke where one of them says to the other one, um, you know, we can't keep him. And then the other one's like, you know what's really scary though? I started to believe him. And then the other cop comedically says to him, you know what, you kind of scare me. And then yeah. he manages to get away from that police department all the way back to her house. Just fucking walks into her house, finds yeah. the house engulfed in flames, her on the floor with a giant fucking knife, tells her not to move, um, and then another explosion happens, which knocks the chair, putting the knife, she's pambered. Yeah, yeah, but that's she's, she's at it. She's gone. I she's think he it. has a kind of vision of the fire or something, and he goes racing off to her house. Someone's um, burning leaves. That's literally the extent. Someone's burning leaves, yeah. and this kicks off the the vision. Um, Stifler sees him racing out just as the house explodes. Um, Ali rattle my father then gets the Scooby Gang together to go and look for Simon. <laughs> it's worth saying now that we've used that about twenty times. Oh, we do have a lot of American listeners who might not understand. They might just be saying uh, that yeah, you are yeah. thinking that she has a lot of flatulence, and that is yeah, not what no, we're no. saying. It's a farter is her anus. <laughs> it's a slang term in Scotland for a woman's or a man's anybody's um, anus. Yeah, yeah, an anus. So, yeah. so Baz is talking about her anus. Anus. <laughs> <laughs> she gets the Scooby Gang back together to go and look for Simon. She finds him kicking back on a beach. Um, Living the life of Riley. Starts telling her about her dad dying and her mother bailing. Um, she's convinced there is no big design, but she is looking for the big D. It is very apparent. <laughs> um, in Dawson's Creek's car, he asks Simon if he knew what teacher was going to not die. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, well, I knew she was next. Um, and then they all have a fucking existential crisis for some reason. Um, well, it says a man next and he doesn't get an answer to which yeah, he assumes yeah. he's next. As you would, maybe. Uh, yeah, so then he then decides he's not waiting 
So he takes his hands off the steering wheel and kind of floors it with the car. That'll show death. Um, yeah, obviously it's some souped up fucking Corvette that nobody his age could afford. <laughs> They're all freaking out. Stifler's been a whiny little bitch about the whole experience. Um, Simon has a vision of a broken seatbelt. Mm-hmm. And then a train. Uh, and then lo and behold, Dawson's Creek stops his car on the level crossing. They all jump out apart from Dawson's Creek. And he then, he then decides, no, no, I will, I'll just, I'll just move. Car won't start. Yeah. He then can't get out. But Simon manages to pull him clear because he knows that the seatbelt will break if he pulls it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're then all fucking rolling about, arguing about what's happened. Uh, and then Stifler is screaming about Dawson's Creek being next. Yep. But then a piece of the car wreckage gets hit by the train fucking wheel or something like that and it decapitates him. Uh, and that's the end of fucking Stifler. He will not um, be missed. And then almost immediately Simon for the in-betweeners figures out that because he saved Dawson's Creek death skipped him and went on to Stifler who was the next one in the list. And he's also got the power of God. He like, yeah. literally becomes like I have the I have cracked the design. Sorry, uh, yeah. but he's next from the list. Like, I'm, bored, I'm bored to fuck with your list. Can we not just you know they didn't need the list. He is next on the list though, so yeah. he needs to make sure that he protects himself before he wrecks himself. He yeah, does. Yeah. He does. Um, hmm. So then Simon and Ali, I'd love to see your father uh, head up to our dad's cabin. Uh, where Simon baby proofs it with duct tape yep. before lighting an oil lamp yeah. uh, and eating a can of tuna and gloves. Eating a can of tuna, we then later see him just throwing bits of paper. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it, it's an odd choice of fucking precautions he takes. We'll leave it at that. Um, the wee creepy death wind starts blowing all about the place couple of false frights I've written here Simon is now shooting at the air does he get his hands on a gun or something at this point I can't imagine <laughs> or maybe shouting at the air he's shouting uh, yeah fucking autocorrect he doesn't have a gun that, that the only American right death's hands yeah like, only American in the history of movies that doesn't yeah, have a gun not have a fucking gun Um, over at Alice place Agent Shrek and his pal are staking her out she agrees to take them to Simon for his safety kind of thing. Um, Simon at the cabin then realises that he got the order of the people wrong because he swapped seats. He swapped seats, Baz. So it's Ali with the delicious farter who is next. Um, back at our house, this electrical storm starts. The, co- the cops go to get Simon. But he outsmarts them in a canoe. It's the greatest getaway scene I've ever seen in the history of movies. It's original, I'll give them that. There's no way they'll catch me in this canoe. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. It's like the river must be about 15 feet across, but 15 miles fucking long or something, you know, because they have to drive away around and he just. It's like he gets out. The thing is, she lives on the other side of the. You know what I mean? Because he gets there, no transport, and then he's at her house like that. Yeah. Um, Ali goes to save her dog from a demonic power cable. 
Uh, we get a bit of a fucking near miss. It's a hilarious death by whirly gig concept. <laughs> that that's what we call those fucking rotary yeah. dryers in this country. Whirly Whir- gigs. Yeah, whirly gig. I guarantee if the guy making this was British, they would have used something else like I did with a whirly gig. <laughs> it's just fucking ridiculous. Um she escapes electrocution by climbing up a trellis on the house. A tree falls on Simon and then basically tries to drown him in a puddle. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Deaths Ali... went away from being all subtle now to just being yeah, like, it's tree! Like, <laughs> just get that, tree, drown that boy! <laughs> it's, it's like fucking tree beard for Lord of the Rings, just pushing his, pushing his face through it in the mud. Maybe molest them with a wee twig in the back door there or something, you know. Very um, evil dead esque. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, through a comedic chain of events, Ali ends up trapped in her car uh, while everything outside basically tries to kill her. Um, so, so Simon turns up, makes things ten times worse by basically setting the car on fire. <laughs> He then has to grab a power cable in order to save her. He gets blown into the garage and everybody fights to save his life. And it kind of fades out at that point. Six months later, uh, we've got Ali with a delectable farter and Dawson's Creek and Simon all land in Paris. She's taken off the wig now to reveal her actual hair that she has. Yeah, yeah. Why we just didn't have that all the way through is beyond me. Because they wanted to breakfast clubber <laughs> and have the big reveal. Also, six months after like a plane explosion on the way to France, would you get back on a fucking plane? Yeah, I know. Would I? I, I flew from Germany into Boston two years after nine eleven, and I was shitting myself when I saw there was Asian people on the fucking plane. Do you know what I mean? So no, this would not have been me. Um, there's a, the prevailing theory at this point is that Simon you're out there donkey <laughs> it's fucking true honestly there was an, an Indian woman using a phone in the fucking queue for passport control and it's, not, it's not, even, not even the right ethnicity or anything no. <laughs> Not at all. And there's a big fucking American guy with a megaphone and a gun shouting at it, putting the fucking mobile phone. And she's standing next to me. And I'm like, this is where I die. This is where I die. Because this fucking idiot, and I'm not being racist, but probably doesn't understand English and doesn't know that she's been shouted at to go off her phone. And fucking Sheriff Cletus here is going to start popping caps. Into the queue I'm in, because it's the one for non-American citizens, so they really don't care what happens to us. And I'll get fucking taken out, because she's trying to book an Uber. Six years before it was even a fucking thing. (laughs) God damn it. We're so close to ending this movie. So close to ending this movie. Oh. Um, Oh, fucking hell. Right, so they they land in Paris. The prevailing theory is that Simon Fionn between us saved Ali, so Death skipped her, and that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. 
Later on, they're having a bit of a booze up in Paris. <laughs> and wait one second, we're going to use inverted commas here. In Paris. <laughs> yes. Which is code for not in Paris, on a Hollywood set, which this yeah. is. Simon then he has this sudden realisation. <laughs> so fucking. They've been hanging, yeah. they've become friends in the last six yeah. months. That's exactly. <laughs> six months have gone by. And seconds before the next big fucking thing, he has the realisation. He has the paper in his pocket. <laughs> I know. And he basically realises that nobody had saved him. Also, this is, like, he's, he's been patted down, maybe, by, like, security at the airport, where he appears to have a drawing of seats in a plane with X's on them. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, it's my dad with a fucking toilet paper full of uh, white powder, tooth glue that he tried to take on the plane and it fell over my lap on the fucking boat and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, Dad? Um... <laughs> For anybody that's not heard that story, my parents were flying out abroad on holiday. I didn't live at home anymore at this point, so I had travelled down to drive them to the airport. My nose started bleeding on the ferry going out of the noon. I asked if anybody had a tissue. My dad produces this perfectly wrapped up square of tissue paper, which I then open, and all this white powder falls in my lap. I just look at my fucking dad, and I'm like, what was that? And he's like, that is my tooth powder, because my dad had false teeth, and this is the stuff he would use to glue it to his gum. And I'm like, you couldn't... You honestly weren't going to go into fucking passport control with that, were you? It's only tooth powder. Yeah. They don't know that! <laughs> I, I love the conversation where he says he has to rub it in these gums. Well, that was it. Because I was, was like, oh, they could test it and they would tell it. Was, I was like, yeah, Dad, the tests are going to take about a fortnight to come back and the meanwhile you and my mother are on remand. What do you think they do? Just rub it into their gum? The wee guy's fingers stuck to his gum? Oh, it's all right. It's this is pure. This is, this is the pure stuff. Pure like tooth powder. <laughs> Fuck up, Dad. God, God rest your soul, Dad. Um, right, so he then comes up with this realisation. The other two just can't be fucked with shit anymore. Yeah. But then there's this crazy chain of events that causes a big neon sign to crush Dawson's Creek in the street. Well, he it works should it, have been Simon. Well, it works out that he's worked it that is now reverted back to him, which, funnily enough, Dawson's Creek keeps joking about. Listen, yeah. I'm the safest motherfucker in the world because until you're dead, death ain't coming yeah, for but me. Ali seen it coming and warned him. So it went to Dawson's Creek. Well, yeah, because he, he saves him, and he's like that. He's like, I saved you. I saved yeah. you like that. Yeah, like that. And he's like, well, and who does death go to? Who does death go to next? It swings back, and it ends on his death. It's a real classic 90s ending. It's a great 90s ending. Like the kind of, the dropped jaw, <laughs> and then it goes into the, and it's a kind of, it's a very 90s fucking soundtrack as well. Oh, God, you've got, you have, um, well, out with John Denver. There was a whole bit where they were playing Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. And the songs from the fragile, so So And that that's where the move the movie ends there. Um I I went on, as I say, it's the it's a five disc Blu-ray edition mm-hmm. uh, of all of the final destination movies that I bought. Uh 
So there's not much in the way of added bells and whistles because it's just the five films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, each one, there is little deleted scenes and all that, so I, I always like a deleted scene. Um, I, so I, I checked them out, and interestingly, there is a whole deleted storyline on it mm-hmm. where Ali Latter's character gets pregnant to Simon from the Inbetweeners, I think they boned on the beach or something like that. You don't actually see that, but but there's a, a scene where she discovers that she's pregnant and it then ties in. There was an alternative ending to the film where Simon for the Inbetweeners dies saving her at the car. Right. And you literally see him get incinerated kind of thing when he's lying on the ground. So it doesn't blow him away. His body like combusts with the electricity and he burns out kind of thing. And then you see um, Ali and a ch- and a baby going to the memorial stone thing later on, and uh, Dawson's Creek turns up as well. Can't remember quite how it finishes, but they obviously completely did away with that whole storyline kind of thing. But interestingly, having now seen the second one, the the baby slash new life, yeah concept comes in in the second movie it was actually done in the first one uh, but they cut it out as, like, I, I did think you were going to say that the, the scene involved her holding a baby where she receives a yellow envelope and she opens it it contains a letter and a little bit <laughs> and that's where oh, Caesar went next boom <laughs> so when he went next look at the baby doesn't look like Simon looks like Caesar. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I like that the ending to this is uh, so, like you said before, it's so painfully 90s, but it's kind of amazing. It fits yeah. the movie great. It's the way you you get that your last scene. These scenes replace the the kind of final scare at the end of 80s slasher movies. You know, yeah. like this killer's got one thing left. They kind of replaced them in Scream, it was the killer would get back up again, you would shoot him again. Yeah. In Urban Legend, the killer was actually still alive at the end, but just yeah. at a different school. Uh, I know what you did last summer. It was kind of... They killed off the killer, but there was a false dream at the end of each of those movies, which was kind of the Friday the 13th thing. So you were getting all those. In the case of this one, it just lets you know that death... I, I, the design never stops. Yeah. Um, and like I say, I don't think there was any intention at the end of this movie to franchise it it was a mm. let's see how it does and this movie did really fucking well it like overperformed yeah. and what people expected it to which brings me to my question then Baz because you have swung around what 20 years since you watched it the first time final thoughts on Final Destination yeah it, it's you know it still stands up pretty well mm-hmm. um, I think back in the day it, it was a little bit more original and yeah, it's like you say, it, it was coming in at the tail end of a particular period of time in horror movies. Yeah. That kind of resurgence in, in the teen horror explosion type thing. But yeah, it, it did something a bit different. It took its own path. It had a lot of big names in it. It doesn't quite have that impact anymore. Mm-hmm. But it still stands up pretty well, I've got to say. It, it's still a, an enjoyable film. Um the cheesy bits are just funny now, I suppose, but yeah. I I don't mind that in the movie. I, I like a little bit of humour. It doesn't all have to be 
depressing, nerve-shredding terror <laughs> at all times, do you know what I mean? Um, and these films aren't set up to be like that either, yeah. but the, the kills are pretty good. Some are more ridiculous than others, but they're, they're all kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it stands up well. It, it was an enjoyable movie to go back to. I could see myself quite happily watching Final Destination again sometime in the future. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm going to rush out and watch it next month by any means, but I, I would revisit it again. It's an um, easy watch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is. It's ah, a very, yes. very easy watch. And the, the kills are paced really well. So you're, yeah. you're, at the most you're getting 15 minutes between kills, and that's what you need in a movie like this. A little bit yeah. set up, you get your kill. And then the fall starts, even though you've watched it before, even when you come back to it, even those, I appreciate those false starts of, well, that could be, because it always takes uh-huh. you, the audience's eye to what is the logical thing that would kill someone, and then it pulls the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I totally really that. like that. I really yeah, like yeah. that, because she's stuck like, in the kitchen, she's, she's at the gas hob, She's at, like she's got knives and all the rest. All these things are the things you would expect to yeah. be the, the death weapon, but ultimately it's a computer and a broken cup. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, that's I like that about them. It's, it's a, a good sense of misdirection. Those become more implausible as you go through. You'll find yeah, that, yeah. especially by the time you hit the third one. The third one's got a couple of amazing... Uh, and then the fourth one's just ridiculous. But I'm, I'm interested to see, now that you have that grimmed in there, how you will rate them going through them all and kind of yeah, close yeah. proximity as well so to see at exactly what point things just go totally batshit crazy um, final question you know our rating scale 1 through 5 1 is hated it 2 is didn't like it 3 is liked it 4 is really liked it 5 is loved it Point fives are allowed what are you giving Final Destination? Um, I'm, again I'm going to give it a solid 4 nice nice easy 4 yep definitely I really enjoyed it yeah, it's, it's got some flaws, but all things considered, a very decent movie, and like I say, one that I would happily go back to again. Amazing, amazing. Right, ladies and gents, let's bring this in. We're going to take a final break. When we come back, we're closing out the show, and we're doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. been listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been Bazaween 2021 episode number one with reviews of Sleep Tight from 2011 and Final Destination from 2000 Baz first episode in the can my friend back in black oh wee bit rusty Duncan but we're shaking off those cobwebs and we're coming in hard I'm loving it I'm loving it and two movies that scored fours which is actually by Baz Bazaween standards Maybe the best opener to a Basel Possibly. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Like I say, I don't really know how the franchise is going to bear out. I have high hopes for the non-franchise movies this year. Mm-hmm. I've got to say uh, how the franchise pans out. We'll wait and see. I know you're quite positive about this franchise. It's one that I don't like, but the rest I all really yeah. like. And I think it closes super strong to the point that I do not see these things often at all. I know there is talk of a sixth one now, but at the end of that fifth one, I was like that, they could make another one and I would go and see it opening day. 
I was so, yeah. like totally pumped on that fifth one. I thought it was great. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of liking this. I kind of feel like the wheel is going to fall off at some point. We'll wait and see where that is. Um, <laughs> now that you're setting up things for the season, uh, tell the listeners out there what they can expect on episode number two of Bazoween 2021. So, coming up next week, folks, or whenever this second episode is coming out, because I know the first one's always a bit of a fucker, <laughs> um, we will be hitting up um, Final Destination 2, yep. obviously, uh, but we are pairing that up with Swedish Vampire Vixen. That's a wrong term to use, considering the wee lassie, and it's about 12 years old. Um, she's also, the- if you've read the book, she's a hermaphrodite, so... That really took the wind out of myself. <laughs> um, we are That's not what I thought you with... were going to say. I thought you were going to raise your eyebrows and have a bit of disconnect this call. <laughs> no. We are pairing it up. So it's Final Destination 2 and it is Let the Right One In. A mm. film that I have wanted to see for a long, long time. Oh man, this is going to break my heart if you don't come in the way that I hope you will. Because it's one as genuinely as of the 2000s, that, that decade is it's in my top five for that decade. I think it's like an incredible movie. So we will find out if Baz will stab me in the heart or if Baz will be giving me the, the, the long soapy tug job that I want. <laughs> Nay, I need, I need. Um, Baz, it has been great having you here. As always, we we generally swing people's attention to where they can be checking out the show, but in the Baz episodes, I don't like to do that because this is your hour, my friend. Um, or more than that now, by the time we finish two reviews. That was Ooh. way more than an hour. <laughs> um, so we'll set this up for um, kind of last words as we close out this podcast. Yep, thanks very much uh, for tuning in, folks. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed Bazoween being back for the umpteenth fucking year. Um, and I hope if you haven't seen either of the films that we talked about tonight, that you check them out because mm. they are definitely worth checking out. Um, thanks for tuning in and I will catch you all very shortly on episode two of Bazoween 2021. Very nice. And all that's left to be said for me is thank you very much for checking out. Make sure, like Baz says, be following those movies. Interact on the Facebook. If you've seen them, you want to interact with Baz, he's over there. You can interact with us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord. We'll have that Discord server as well. I've set up a brand new channel for Bazoween over there. So let us know your thoughts, your comments, etc, etc. And we will be back in mere days for the next instalment of Bazoween 2021. Wherever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. All my bags are packed, I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside your door hate to wake you up to say goodbye but the dawn is breaking it's early morn taxi's waiting he's blowing his horn already i'm so lonesome i could cry so kiss me and smile for me tell me that you'll wait for me Let me go I'm a leader
go There's so many times I've let you down So many times I've played around I tell you now they don't mean a thing Every place I go I think of you Every song I sing I sing for you When I come back I'll wear your wedding ring So kiss me and smile for me Tell me that you'll wait for me Hold me like you'll never let me go I'm leaving on a jet plane I don't know when I'll be back again to go Now the time has come to leave you One more time Let me kiss you Then close your eyes I'll be on my way Dream about the days to come When I won't have to leave alone About the time I won't to go